Hello and welcome everybody to uh, episode 8 of Memory Card Memoirs. I'm your host as usual, Sterling Silver, and today I brought the A list of guests. We got a a big. You're A listers. You're S tier. I'd put you on the top. Yes. (laughs) The intro. I love it. Keep it going. So we got the HP Critical crew with us, or at least a part of it. Uh, first of all, we got the man himself, Jarrell. Why don't you oh. tell everybody who you are, what you do? <clears throat> well, that is a way to introduce me. The the uh, the uh, what is this called? The um, pressure. Hi, my name is Jarrell Levy. If you don't know who I am, it's because you haven't checked out HPCritical.com, which you totally should. Uh, I run HP Critical along with the other two guests here. It is a website that uh, we try to focus on diversity a lot uh, and diverse issues in gaming. So we've got a lot of features over there. But we also have gaming news and entertainment. So we're also going to be talking about, you know, the latest anime, the latest things in in gaming and and entertainment uh, across the board. And speaking of podcasts, you should also check out the HP Critical podcast hosted on all your favorite podcasting services in which Sterling has been a guest and hopefully will be another guest soon. Um, and you'll be able to hear Brandon and I talk about everything gaming and it's really cool because we do a lot of deep dives into a lot of things that other gaming podcasts don't necessarily talk about that include diversity. We've also got a bunch of series hosted by Brandon on Twitch um, and HP Critical was created as an idea for, you know, a bunch <coughs> of friends of mine who had been doing some game industry stuff or gaming journalism for a while, but, you know, we didn't necessarily see ourselves everywhere um, else at different outlets, so uh, we decided to create our own website and it's been thriving and surviving and it'd be great if you guys checked it out and that's where i'm from um got some bylines at some other websites but those aren't important you should go check out hbcritical.com <laughs> uh before we continue i want to say two things a jarell is like a pillar in the community and like everybody oh knows my it like God. the so work sweet. he does is so important and like i never want to underestimate that fact that's amazing the Second thing is that because I've been a part of like quite a few websites and like on the management side as well, usually every site can't do everything. Like they usually fall short in some kind of aspect. HP Critical fucking kills it on everything. Like I'm talking about like just general posting news articles, like merch, just like being out there and like putting yourselves just on everything i love it you guys kill it you kill it ah that is literally the highest praise i should just let you introduce me everywhere from now on thank you so much that's so sweet we're gonna hire sterling as a personal uh publicist slash hype man thank you (laughs) no if i'm being honest the hype man himself is already here brandon yes i mean facts facts (laughs) i love it that's very true uh yeah so so anyone who has brandon is a returning guest Oh yeah, this is very true. Yeah. You and I, we sat down and recorded an episode of Paper Mario The Thousand Year Door, which is like my, my favorite game of all time. It was a wonderful discussion. 
Glad to be back on this podcast to talk about another great RPG. Uh, but yeah, like Jarrell pretty much said most of it. I'm uh, one of the leadership team of HP Critical. I mostly handle the stuff on the stream side of things. You know, we got a lot of different streams that come out on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash HP Critical. We stream like three to four times a week. You can catch us like pretty often on there. And yeah, we got all kinds of cool games, launch streams. Uh, our, our flagship series, HP Critical Doesn't Hold Up where we take a look at uh, older games that are on the Nintendo Switch online service that you either may have heard of or you may not have heard about, but we uh, to try to determine if the game does in fact hold up today. And, you know, you get a little mix of games that are still great today and some that are not. So definitely check that out. Uh, and if you miss any episodes, it's also on our YouTube, which is HP Critical. Um, yeah, that's pretty much me. When there's been a couple times in my career I've thought about like getting in the streaming, but I know my one downfall is that I don't have like the upbeat, positive energy all the time to do it. And when I think about that's like, why God, I, 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 that's I, there's why I one with Brandon. <laughs> that's legit why I got with Brandon. When I think of like people who are like that and like who I'd aspire to be if I got into streaming, Brandon is that guy. Like I think of him oh my all God. the time. You're He's gonna make me cry. Just so good at like just interacting with. Uh, you know, everybody who's watching, but still playing the game and being informative and fun. And I just, I love him. Man, you were very happy to have you back, man. Oh, man, I'm glad to be back. Thank you for having me back on. Dang, it's crazy. Brandon's been on more than me. Jealous. (laughs) You got to balance it out with a game that you two like, and I I, I don't, I guess. No, it's okay. I've got an episode coming up I'm super excited about, so. Ah, yeah. I'd love to hear it. (laughs) Uh, we also got Christy, the new girl on the block here. Oh, hi everybody. What, what, uh, what do you do for HP Critical? (laughs) So I know Jarrell said most of it. Um, I do most, I handle mostly the behind the scenes, mostly, um, some socials and then sending out the newsletter, compiling all that, making sure everything kind of runs somewhat smoothly. (laughs) Although most of it does go with Jarrell. I would like to interrupt for a second and say that um, a lot of what happens at HP Critical would not happen if it were not for Chris, if it were not for Christy. Um, one of the biggest, uh, best things that I'm so proud of that we're able to do is that we've partnered with Charity Gamers, and these two every month are um, raising money through Twitch streams for different causes all the time. And uh, anytime that you see us partnered with anyone or anytime that you see HP Critical raising money for something, it is because of Christy. So, uh, yep. you know, whenever we're doing some, uh, you know, we've raised money for the Nicholas Children's Foundation. Uh, we've raised money nice. for, I mean, anything you see us raising money for or anything that you see a good cause about, um, it is 100% because Christy has made those connections behind the scenes. So uh, it, we would be nowhere without her. You guys are too okay, nice to me. It's true. It's true. She, she is the glue to this website. Uh, I was a part of that one charity stream where we played Among Us for a couple of hours. And that let me sick. tell you, like really literally fun. the most fun. I felt so fun, bad. So though. much fun. And... Wait, Sterling. Why? You were never the imposter. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah, you never got imposter. I was like, how is this possible? We streamed for hours. Wasn't that like a full four hour stream and everything? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, never got you guys it killed oh it. You guys killed it on like planning everything and just it being such a fun time. Yeah, it was yeah. a lot of fun. <laughs> Today, uh, I brought the gang together to talk about a very special game, Persona Five. Uh, it came out in 2017, dun, dun, dun. I believe. 
2016, I think. <laughs> mm -hmm. 2016 in Japan, 2017 wow. for everyone else out yeah. there. Okay, okay. Yeah. It's it's definitely a game pretty special to me. Uh, it definitely made me, like many other people, a fan of the series. Let's start off with you, Jarrell. Where did your journey with Persona 5 start? <clears throat> So I had actually, the first game I played in the series, can I, can I talk about that actually? Yeah, go full detail. Okay, so um, I had heard of SMT, obviously, uh, but I had never played either an SMT game or a Persona game, and I had a friend um, at my old job, Christina, who was like, you would really love Persona 4, and I was like, what? I, like, I had never heard of it, and I'd just gotten a PSP, or, uh, excuse me, a PS Vita, in my favorite color, orange, and I, um, was like, okay, sure, I'll give it a try. <laughs> I played Persona 4, everybody who knows me knows that I am a huge JRPG fan, like, that's my genre, that's my go-to genre. I played Persona 4, and I immediately fell in love. One of my biggest things about video games is story and character development, and, uh, I was struck by, you know, the mystery of Persona 4. I love the uh, turn-based combat of Persona 4. And, uh, you know, Kanji as a character was just so, like, one of, he was definitely one of those characters that stood out to me as something I'd never seen in, in gaming for a while. And uh, after playing Persona 4, which unfortunately was spoiled for me, which don't spoil games for people because it sucked because I didn't know who the culprit it was. was spoiled for you? Yes, it was unfortunately so spoiled sorry. for me. Yeah, it was a rough time. Um, but, you know, after that, I, I played games like Danganronpa, which was also, uh, you know, something that was suggested to me by my friend Christina, but also by these two here, Brandon and Christy. Yeah. Uh, so I played games like Danganronpa, and then, you know, once I had heard Persona 5 was coming out, uh, Marissa, who's also part of uh, HP Critical, was a huge Persona fan, and so we just got hyped up. And we actually have, for anyone who follows me on Facebook, we actually have a countdown of Marissa and I sending each other pictures every day until the day of release and i love persona 4 so much that i had to just go all out for persona 5 so we got the collector's edition this was back when amazon gave you i think it was 10 percent off for pre-orders or something mm -hmm. um so i used to buy collector's editions of everything all the time because it would basically be regular price which was awesome it sucks that amazon doesn't do that anymore even though we won't talk about how amazon is as a company uh, <laughs> but i had such a great time with persona <laughs> 4 that uh you know i was just super excited per for uh, persona 5 just to see how the story would you know develop and then I had actually gone back and looked into Persona 3. I hadn't played it before but I totally looked up you know the the, the consequences of what would happen and the way that the awakenings happen and I love the more mature side of gaming um, because I think that I personally believe that gaming is really made for uh, adults you know I, people will say that gaming's for kids but I really do think that the best experiences in gaming are made for adults and um, Persona is one of those series that I knew was going to really just give me what I was looking for. And so, you know, Persona 4 was my, my gateway drug, as they call it. And now I am a Persona fan for life. Oh, and like, hello, the music. So I, I yes. completely forgot after I did Persona 4, I had to do, um, I, I did uh, Dancing All Night on Vita as well. I, I, I just platinumed everything. That was I a great game. Check. It's amazing. Don't check that I platinumed it. Just believe me. Uh, it's <laughs> it's so great. Like the music was awesome. And so when I got to Persona Five, of course I had to buy the um, dance outfits. I, I I don't buy DLC for games. Like almost I almost exclusively do not buy DLC for games. Had to buy that because I had to get my classic tracks in P Five, and I had to see them in their cute outfits. But yeah, I'm, that that's Persona. And... Where like where were you in life when P Five came out? Like. Were you in college? Uh, like, 
how was life going for you, I guess? In 2017, I, honestly, I don't remember what I ate for breakfast yesterday. Was I in college in 2017? (laughs) I believe I I can, I, so the funny thing about this, I can specifically remember when I start video games that I love. Like if you ask me where I was when I started Final Fantasy VII Remake, I can explicitly tell you. When you ask me where I was when I was uh, Mm -hmm. starting Persona 5, I can explicitly tell you I was sitting on the floor because I had just bought a new TV for Persona 5 actually. And I was sitting on the floor messaging my friends waiting for the freaking postman to bring my game because he was late. (laughs) Uh, And I was just texting everyone like I everyone already started like everyone on our Slack channel had already started and I was still waiting uh, for the game in 2017 I was probably in college who knows uh, but I do know that uh, I was sitting on a floor in front of a new TV that I bought waiting for the game to start and uh, I, I also was I was a, I was a huge nerd so I had my uh, persona 5 bag that I got from nice. e3 um, in 2015 i think i had this huge persona 5 bag because they were doing marketing for persona 5 uh and i threw all my like e3 swag in there and i had that bag next to me and i had my my um i I was like sitting on a pillow on the floor i don't know why don't ask me why i could have been sitting on my bed or on a couch or in a chair i was just (laughs) sitting on the floor staring at the tv waiting for the postman and i probably was in college doing my english degree um which has helped me start hpcritical.com which you should check out while you're listening to this or after (laughs) you listen to it Okay, that was me. Uh, I imagine you being like that scene from Scott Pilgrim where he like orders something on his computer and then he goes and sits by the door and waits for it. Oh man, that scene! Yeah, I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. <laughs> this is when I say I haven't watched Scott Pilgrim, which I've already been yelled at for, so you don't have to yell at me. You haven't? <laughs> I have not. I've been yelled at already, oh. so, so I understand. I I had to watch it because my TA for my uh, my biology class, he was like, "You have to watch Scott Pilgrim. You're a gamer. You have to watch it. You have to." Yeah, watch I've heard great film. things, but I haven't seen it yet. But yeah, I'm pretty sure I was in college. To answer your question, I'm pretty sure I was in college. Okay, Brandon, where uh, where did your journey with Persona 5 start? Mine's is a little more interesting because, unfortunately, I was not part of the Persona 5 well, okay. bandwagon. Right? Mine is more interesting than Jarrell's. Okay. No, I, I I did not say that. What are you Don't you do this to me. I didn't know this. I, I didn't know <laughs> Wait, excuse me. Anyway. So yeah, no. Especially with so, Haru as his bias, his like favorite character. I'm very yeah. Surprised. I'll get. Oh yeah, I'll get there. I'll get there. But yeah, no. Persona Five. You know when that came out. Um. You know everyone was talking about it, but I didn't really have that much experience with the Persona series. I, it's the series that I had known of. Like Persona Four at the time was like the biggest game of the series before, of course, Five came out. And I knew I definitely had some some hardcore fans there. Um. And I was just kind of like stubborn about it. I was like, people were saying, "Oh, start from P3." I was like, "Okay, I'll, I'll get to P3 eventually." They, you know, that didn't that, <clears throat> that never happened. And so I was like stubbornly not playing P5, even though I know that's a self-contained story that you don't have to play the first two. But I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna do it anyway." And you know, that didn't happen. So, you know, everyone was talking in 2017 about how much they love Persona 5. <clears throat> there was even a time when we had like. Um, we all had like different like profile pictures on our Slack page of like different characters, and at one point like everybody was doing it. I didn't want to be left out, so I chose someone, and it was Makoto. And I have something to say about Makoto in a second, but I just to be part of it. Um, but yeah, it came and went after 2017, and I just really didn't get around to it. Um, I don't know what it was eventually that for that like triggered me to. I think it was like 2019. I want to say it was 2019, like the beginning of 2019. There was like a sale for it. It was like 20 bucks. And I was like, 
uh, you know what, I'm, I'm going to finally play the game and let's see what this is about because I'm obviously never going to get to P3 or P4. And then I just got hooked up and I just kind of didn't stop playing for a long time. Like it was like it was like my thing for like a month, just playing Persona 5. I unfortunately dropped it for an extended period of time and I don't know why that is. I think there was a game that came out that really just stuck, that just like grabbed me. And so I didn't finish it at that time. Um, but I eventually did, and <laughs> we were actually talking about this before the podcast started. Um, I didn't do the last bit of Persona 5 until like a few weeks before Royal came out, and I was working through it, but I didn't have it quite finished by the time Royal came down. I have the special edition of Royal and everything. It's like on this other side of my desk right now. But it came, I got the special edition and everything, and I was like, I ain't playing this until I finish Persona 5. I'm gotta do this. So I did. I finally saw the ending of Persona 5. It was great. I finished it like I think pretty late at night, so no one was awake when I was like exclaiming over all the things that was happening. But they eventually got around to it, and then I started Royal immediately, and I, I put myself to like a strange plan to eventually finish that game. And I had like finished it like uh, pretty early 2021. Like I had the PS5 already. Like I had started my journey on the PS4 Pro, and then ended it with the PS5, which was kind of neat actually. But to go over real quick, like my experience with the uh, Shin Megami Tensei series, I played a bit of four on the 3DS. That was like my first time playing like a Shin Megami Tensei game. I didn't get far in four though, because that game is brutal in the beginning. I hear it gets easier later, but I couldn't get past like the early parts, man. It was like, it's it's really tough. Um, I would love to go back to it at some point, but uh, we'll see if that happens anytime soon. I'm excited for Shin Megami Tensei 5 that's coming out in a few months. Uh, it has a UI similar to Tokyo Mirage Sessions, which I absolutely adore, and I have finished that game, which is really cool. Um, and I did go eventually go back to Persona 4 Golden. Like, during the craze last year, 2020, when, uh, you know, Persona 4 Golden was coming out to Steam, I just like, you know what? I own this game on Vita. I'm just going to start playing it. I haven't finished it, but I got a good way through, and at some point I'm going to go back and finish it because Golden is also really good. But uh, yeah, that's my experience with Persona 5 and the um, and the series. Oh, one last note I'll put out there. Uh, when Joker got announced for Smash, I had not played the series yet. That was like just a little before I had finally decided to uh, dive in. And that might have been what inspired me to finally pick it up when, uh, when it was on sale that one time. But even I understood how big a deal it was that Joker got into Smash. At that time, Persona 5 was like the biggest JRPG out there. So I knew how cool it was. And then retroactively, I'm really happy that he's in Smash because now I've played both Persona 5 all the way through as well as Royal. So yeah, it's a pretty good addition. <laughs> and let me tell you, Sterling, this is how I knew they weren't real fans because I played through Persona 5 all the way and everyone who said they were real fans and were supposed to play it, they all got stuck at a I'm certain sorry. point, which I'm definitely going to bring up later on. But I'm I finished sorry. the game and it's fine now. I finished the game and I had absolutely no one to talk to about it because everyone stopped at a specific point and I, like, we'll get into it. But I was like, they're not real Persona fans. They're not real Persona fans, man. And I also sorry. specifically remember Brandon's um, experience too because he totally just joined us, like he said. Uh, and he hadn't played the game yet, and I was, I, I, like, I was encouraging everyone to finally finish this game. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, and, well, I mean, now I've played, uh, both that and Royal, so the turntables. I know. got upset with me, because I, I did. I didn't play for, like, the longest time ever, until one day, and then I yep. just got through the rest. So, where did your, uh, journey start, Christy? Um, so, let's see... I got introduced to the Persona series um, 
through uh, what was it, Devil Survivor. It was um, it was like a strategy RPG on the DS. It was so hard to play, but I I enjoyed the mechanics. So then I was like, oh, it's developed by Atlas. Let me figure out what other games Atlas developed. And then I found out about Persona 3. And then because I had my PSP at the time, they were like, hey, um, they released the Persona 3 portable. So I got that, played a little bit of it, um, stopped around October because I forgot why I stopped in October, to be honest. Um, I think I think there was like another game that was releasing at the time and I just completely forgot about it. I dropped it, I said I was going to go back to play it and then I completely forgot. Um, after that, my PSP got stolen, so then I couldn't finish Persona 3, so. Anyways, um, after a while, I kept following through the series. I eventually got a Vita, saw they had Persona 4 Golden. As Jarell and Brandon know, I am the worst person ever to finish video games. If I do not finish video games within a week or two weeks or a month, there's a good chance I may not finish it until two years later. <laughs> so... I got Persona 4 Golden for my PS Vita. I started it. I'm still at the very, very, very beginning, like the prologue, basically. Some a different game came out. I think it was like something for the 3DS came out at the time. And then so mm -hmm. I dropped Persona 4 Golden. I was playing my 3DS and I completely, completely forgot about it. Persona 5 got announced and I was like, oh, sweet. Persona 5 is getting announced. It's for the PS4. I'll play it. Um, <laughs> So, Persona 5 gets released, and I got it on launch day. I have the collector's edition. Um, yeah, I started playing it, and then I got all the way to the palace with Makoto, and then I kind of dropped it because a different game came out, and I didn't finish Persona 5 until 2020, so. Dang. <laughs> but after I... But in 2020, when I picked it up again, I breezed, I just like blazed through the entire game because it wasn't too bad to, it wasn't that difficult to start and stop, thankfully, um, as a JRPG. But yeah, I started with Devil Survivor and then after that, I kind of wandered into Persona because I heard it was supposedly at one of Atlas's great games. So that's how I found out about it. It is a, an easy game to pick up, I find, after a long period of time. Like, yeah. The, it, it's not like... Uh, obviously, it's not like an action game, but I mean, there's no like controls you really have to relearn. Like, You might have to reteach yourself some of the mechanics, mm -hmm. but, and, uh, but the game also has like a really good recap system to recap the story and everything that's yeah, gone on so far, so... Um, I'm curious, Christy, did, uh, do you, cause I find that when talking about this game, usually people fall in, in one of two categories or I guess three, they either really play for the social simulation, like the, you know, the confidants and hanging out with your friends and, and building up your skills, or they really like the RPG mechanics and like the palaces. I'm just wondering, like, what you fall into. Or you can just, like, both in the so, whole package. for me, I love turn-based RPG. I have... It's the reason mm -hmm. why I love the Bravely series, even though I still haven't finished Bravely Default 2. 
Uh, I'm going to no. get to it eventually. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I love turn-based RPGs for the most part. Um, so at first it was just purely for the turn-based RPG. I think at the time there wasn't a lot of like turn-based RPGs out. Um, it was slowly dying out. And so I was like, I want to purchase it to support it and be like, yes, I would like to see more turn-based RPG in the market. Um, so at first it was that, but as you go into the game, it's pretty much like the whole package. That's what makes me love the Persona 5 so much. Um, I think... I think that if the story wasn't as engaging, I probably would have dropped it, if I'm being honest, because mm -hmm. part of it is that if the story is engaging, then I will enjoy it, but turn-based, there's it, there comes a point that it just gets a bit too easy if the story isn't engaging, or that's how I feel, to be honest. I'm curious what... Uh... Well, I mean, I guess we know Brandon's thoughts because he played the original game and Royal back-to-back, -back, for God's sake. So, I mean, I guess he's got to love those RPG mechanics because that's like yeah. hundreds of hours. Oh, yeah. Or, I, I or, or he I just wants do. to romance Haru. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Haru, Haru, Haru's the best. What can I say? Although I do want to real quick, since, okay. since, since, since it was brought up. Um, Me too. Since, since <laughs> what happened? What did you guys say? I mean, I'm sorry. Nothing. <laughs> All right. Anyway, um, I will I will say that when the original Persona Five came out, I was going through it. Um, it was a lot harder to do the confidants um, in that game. I personally felt so. I had wanted <laughs> to like romance Haru in like Persona Five original, but I wasn't able to because you had to have like very strict like social stats just to even be really begin the Haru confidant. And I was running out of time because you get her pretty late into the story, honestly. And I was like, that's not going to work. And then, ironically, I did kind of grow attached to Makoto over the story, so I eventually <laughs> romanced, like, Makoto in the original Persona 5. But Royal, because it was a lot easier, I, I definitely went for Haru. It was... I had to. It was, it was like redemption. Sorry to, to cut you off, Brandon, but I remember playing the original game. I wish it did a better job explaining, like, hey, uh, certain confidence level like you you'll have to get to a certain part in the story to like progress because i remember sure. it was um sojiro i was like i want to keep going with sojiro but like you had to wait until after the futaba palace and i was like right. why can't i do it anymore like why isn't it giving me the option i remember just being a little frustrated but Sorry, yeah, no, no, that's that's more or less it. Honestly, it's some character. Yeah, the like every every confidant to a degree has like some degree of roadblocks to uh you know get to the. It makes sense. Next. Sure, sure, absolutely like, it, it makes it sense. It makes sense. Why I just wish the game like explained to you like, hey, we're like you didn't do anything wrong. It's just you have to get to a certain point. Exactly. Yeah, and then social stats as well. Like, well, if if you're blocked off yeah. because of a social stat, then you do kind of feel like ah darn, I should have pumped up this this little more. I remember being like, how, when am I going to start to uh, hang out with EY? That one was like, you have to have like huge guts to yeah, like yeah. even start hanging out with that guy. Um, mm -hmm. Just stuff like, just kind of like stuff like that. Oh, and the Yoshida thing completely tricked me up in the original. I didn't get much progress with him at all because I didn't know that you could only hang out with him on Sundays, which is, we'll go more into it when we talk about Royal, but that's one good thing Royal did is like, it also made some of these things a little more clear. Like Yoshida will straight up tell you in Royal, hey, I do my speeches on Sundays, so you want to hang out, it's got to be on Sundays. So in Royal, I made a point to like, okay, it's Sunday, let me hang out with Yoshida because that's the only time I can. And I was actually able to finish his confidant as a result. So stuff like that. And Jarrell, what, what do you play the game for? What aspect? 
Alright, so I'm gonna preface this by saying when I love things, I criticize them a lot. <laughs> but he that's really just does. because I love them. Uh, it literally <laughs> is because I love them. So, like, if you hear me talking crap about something, it's probably because I love it and I want it to be better. <laughs> this is a preface for. I could talk, I talk like about. as much shit. I could talk as much shit about Final Fantasy 13 as I could talk about how much I love it and how good it is. Like, exactly, I'm the same mind, right? so don't feel exactly. bad. Um, so, uh, as far as Persona 5, um, I, I love, like I mentioned before, I love story and character development. I think the weakest part of Persona is the social aspect, and I know that some people play the game specifically for that, but... Um, I hope I'm not going into too much detail here, but I think uh, Persona 5 failed on making some of those confidant relationships good. Um, I can see that. And I can't disagree. That, some of them are not as compelling. And because of that... I, I think I, there's a big, big reason for that, but we'll get into that. Okay. And mm -hmm. so because of that, I don't care for, you know, the social aspect of the game. I love the battle system. I love collecting Personas. I also hate Using personas, I literally don't do it. <laughs> like, oh, it's, really, it's you just, don't? I really? Do not. Oh, I dude, don't. I do that so much. I literally I, I skip it. as much as I can. Um, I, it's so okay. So the thing with Persona for me, the series, is that I want everything done, and it just requires too much of me because I was the person who, when I first played P5, I maxed out all my stats and I maxed out all relationships with everyone, which took mm. you know these games take over a hundred plus hours. So I know that I'm going to concentrate on the relationships because I know that those relationships are going to give me in-game things that I need to play this game. Um, and mm -hmm. so because I do that, I, I retract from doing what I feel like is unnecessary. And for me, fusions is one of those things that's unnecessary because I can usually get, you know, a persona that will do what I need to do, or I'll do a quick fusion to just upgrade one. Um, so fusions are at the bottom of my list. Uh, social links are at the bottom of my list. Um, I, pr I pretty much play for, you know, this, uh, main story progression and the battle system. Mm. Okay, before we get really, really heavy into what you've been talking about, I just want to go over my history with the game a little bit because I, I kind of forgot. And there's there's one thing I really want to talk about this game. So like I said, this game came out in 2017. I was like, I just started uh, college. Uh, I've talked about like my college days and kind of how it impacted my mental health back in the day. But I have uh, my relationship with this game is kind of directly tied to one person and i haven't talked about this person on the podcast yet and it's my friend mateus mateus and i like we're from not from but he lived in my hometown and we actually worked together at mcdonald's as a lot of people know mcdonald's was my first job ever and he was a bit older than me uh a little wiser and uh he had just moved to my hometown and he wanted to like hang out with friends so him and i started hanging out and uh him and I became super fast friends, and I'm really only talking about him because of my relationship with this game, but also because he is probably one of the most kind people on the planet, and I know he's definitely listening to this episode right now. In 2017, he came over to my house, and this was the last time I was ever really going to see him for a very long time. He was moving all the way down to British Columbia, which is literally on the other side of Canada and this was our last weekend together so we knew we were gonna like play video games and drink and really just chill and do our thing like we usually did because as with most of my friends that's my relationship with them just hanging out and playing video games um and I remember we were sitting there and I was like hey I kind of want to go to the mall and grab this new game that came out 
Uh, it's called Persona 5, and he didn't really know what it was, but we went and we picked it up. And I remember going to the mall right down the street when I lived in Ottawa, and the guy asked me, he's like, hey, do you want the special Steelbook edition? I was like, I don't even know what this game is, but like it, the, the Steelbook is dope, so I'm going to get it for sure. And spent like a couple extra bucks on it. I definitely still have it. I love that steel case. It's beautiful. Mwah, chef's kiss. And <laughs> funny enough, despite the fact that I knew this was like the last time I was going to see like one of my best friends ever and the excitement of this new game, I actually fell asleep the first time we played it. <laughs> I just oh took God. a big nap. <laughs> um, I think it was because like him and I, like I said, we were up like all night drinking and playing games. So yeah, I was just that super makes sense. Tired. Mm -hmm. But... Um, uh, I actually heard about Persona. I, I was kind of like Brandon. I knew nothing about the series going into it. I heard about it because this girl I sat beside in high school in my Comtech class would always be on Tumblr and she'd always be like talking about Persona and like reblogging stuff. And I was just like, what is this game? Like, why are you so into it? And she would always just talk about it and like, she was one of the people who's, who's always into like shipping characters. Mm. And she'd always talk about like, you know, having relationships with certain characters and and uh shipping certain people but that like that made such an impact on me like i remember her talking about it so much that when i heard persona 5 came out i was like oh that's that game i always remember hearing about i'm gonna actually check it out and uh i took the leap of faith and bought it and just friggin loved it <laughs> um i remember after my friend Mateus left and we said our goodbyes, I actually don't think I played the game for a couple days and then I picked it up. And as I was saying before we recorded, I took like I took this game in three big chunks. I played a large like the first part, uh, dropped it, played a huge like the middle part huge chunk and then dropped it again. And then finally, I think in my last year of college, I picked it up a third time near the end and completed it. And then in 2020 when royal came out i got the steelbook for that again because it's also gorgeous and and played through that i haven't beat it yet but i will i'm i'm getting close i'm so getting close. Cl yeah close to the third semester which i'm super excited for the royale is such a good like enhanced edition oh yeah but um yeah that's my story just one final thing is that matt i know you're listening and i really miss you and you're such a great friend and thank you for all these memories with games uh, I really miss you. Uh, now, Jarrell, to get into what you said. Oh my God! How can I follow that up? <laughs> I know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just curious because, what, what is it about the social links that you think they fall so flat? Um. So, uh, do you want to know specifically about character social links or NPC social links, like party member or NPC, or both? Uh, both, if you want to get into it. Like, full spoilers. Like, we always spoil everything on the show. You can get into it as okay, much great. as you want. Um, yeah. So, uh, ca uh, NPC characters, I feel like most of them were not fleshed out enough to uh, be able to... Uh, uh, what's the word? Um, to Empathize benefit from what you get from them. Mm -hmm. uh, right, like, so, so, like, Mishima, for example, like... I felt super bad for him, right? I liked him a lot. Uh, he gives, I believe, uh, EXP for the entire party, um, mm -hmm. like equal EXP for the entire party when you fill him up. Uh, but mm -hmm. the process of filling up his, his like, you know, confidant, uh, I'm not going to say any of them were hard. I don't think any of them were necessarily hard, but I don't, I don't, I don't feel like they were always like the, the, the process was worth the reward. 
if that mm-hmm. makes sense. And I felt like for a lot of the side characters, like they, like Hifumi, for example, like her, 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 um, her ability, which allows you to switch out party members, um, was super huge for me because I did it a lot in the game. Um, yeah, and I enjoyed her side, her like side, um, story situation. I enjoyed it, but was it worth me having to spend time to go back to visit her multiple times to get that? Yes. Was her story worth it? Eh. You know, it was kind of like, it's a distraction from what's going on, which sometimes these, you know, JRPGs can just can need and sometimes deserve distractions. Um, but I just don't think they were all worth their, their weight. Um, uh, Kawakami is another great example, right? Like you need to fill out her confidant. Like you, there are just <laughs> some that you really need to do. Um, and, and it, and it is interesting enough. Like it's really fun. It's interesting enough, but. I, I just feel like sometimes the invest, the time investment isn't worth it. And, you know, uh, especially you, Sterling, you know how hard it is when you're busy and you're writing and you're doing this and you're doing that. And then you have to spend a yeah. hundred hours on a video game. Um, it can, and I love Persona. It can be kind of cumbersome. And then talking about character NPCs, uh, sorry, not character NPCs, uh, party member, uh, confidants. I feel like those are even worse. Right. I, I actually feel like some of the character NPC confidants were better, like the Sojiro one, for example, um, yeah. uh, even the Hifumi mm-hmm. one. I feel like those were better than some of the main party members. Uh, yeah. You know, one of the ones that I complain about the most is what they did with An's character. Like she was my top tier favorite character in Persona 5. I can rave about why I think she's such an amazing character in the main story. And then when you start, you know, doing her her confidant afterwards, I was like, what the fuck is this shit? This is so trash. Like, why would they do her character like that? Like, what made them decide that this was a good way to take their character, take her character? Um, even mm-hmm. even Yusuke's wasn't that great to me. Uh, even, you know, Makoto's. Makoto's was probably the most interesting, but a lot of them weren't good enough for the amount of time and effort I have to put in to raise my skills, to be able to talk to them, to progress, to, you know, uh, upgrade their persona. Um, and then it's finally there. And then here's your solution. Like, this is how their story ends. This is what they went through. And it's like, Oh, Okay. It is false that flat. was, flat. yeah, mm-hmm. it, it really does. And that's why I think for me, it was the, the, the worst part of the game is social interactions. They just don't measure up to the main story a lot of the time. And then the fact that the side NPC characters had more interesting stories than my party members who I'm spending all my time with, um, that I've, you know, had to increase my, my uh, stats just to talk to. It's like, mm, I, like at, at one point they, like uh, uh haru for example i specifically remember i was like girl let me just get this up and talk to you so you can get this this like upgrade and then i'm gonna move on like that's the attitude i went into that with because i just didn't care and and that's not to say that it's bad it's just that i care more about what's happening to haru in the main story right now than I do about what's happening to her on the side. Like, I, like Ryuji is my least favorite character. I'll say this. I really hate him. I hate that trope. He is so fucking annoying to me. I will never like him. <laughs> and so when I when I found out, you know, that, and, and I know that you don't like Morgana Sterling. So, like, another one is, like, I, I don't want to spend more time with these people. They're annoying to me. And, yeah. you know, it, 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 it's like you have, you, you have to. You have to. And then... Like, you know, Makoto's going through some serious shit, right? Uh, Haru's going through some serious shit right now. But I gotta sit here and talk to her about bullshit. Like, Ryuji, I don't give a shit about your old past. Like, just stop running. I don't care. Like, if you want to run, run. If you don't, I, I literally don't give a shit. We have bigger fish to fry at the moment. Uh, <laughs> and so that that's pretty much my answer there. It, it just didn't equate uh, for the amount of work that you have to put in. 
it sounds like that you were hoping that the social interactions would hopefully like work its way back into the main story but it just never did it just became its like own little branched out side quest I'm actually happy it didn't. I would say that, except for what happened to An, because I feel like An was one of the strongest uh, written characters in the game. And then her, if her side story tied into the main story, I would have been even more sad, actually. What, <laughs> like, don't do what that. was it about her side story you didn't like? Um, uh, so I think that the writing and the development of An's character after, you know, the sexual assault situation and everything that happens to her, because that's very, you know, it's a very intimate uh, situation and it's very much something that I, I I understand on a personal level. So the way that her character was written to me, um, I'd never seen a video game handle it that way, and I still haven't seen a video game handle it in that manner. And just she was so real, like she was written like such a real person, and mm-hmm. that's one of the reasons that I love Persona Five uh, because they really took what happened to her and how she felt, and they were able to express that with, you know, the, the responsibility of having to deal with, you know, just just based on the way you look, having to deal with certain things, you know, people starting rumors about you based on how you look, um, having to protect your best friend, having to, you know, be the sex symbol that you don't want to be. But then also, um, and I, I this is just what I think, but also having on... Uh, become that sex symbol you know with the with the you know the 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 latex outfit and the whip uh but she really owns it right so it it's like everyone thinks this is what you are everyone like degrades you to what they think you are and then your persona is like well bitches i'm gonna show you who the fuck i really am right and Mm -hmm. just that arc of her going from you know dealing with depression and and i I don't even want to say depression because i know um one of the newer characters deals with that much better but just the sexual assault the situation that she was in and the way that her character was written and handled just touched me so personally and then after that it was like okay well now i'm just gonna use my beauty to be a model and what happens oh you know i i showed up to this this modeling gig a little late and now i have this rival bitch for some reason I, I feel like in the main story she was so like like you said real and kind of realistic in her character yes. just like but then like you said in the side story it's like she's she's a totally different di- person she's she's dumb almost she's yes. like naive and, and childish yes. it was like someone else wrote her character it's like they yeah. like one person was like all right I've written this character I gotta go work on something else I'm gonna hand this off to you and the person they hand it off to you doesn't understand how women work and yeah. they, they write, you know, this, like, exactly like you said, this naive character who can't even stand up for herself. Like, bitch, you just destroyed this man for being an asshole, but you can't stand up to this little girl about a modeling gig? Also, is this even what you... I didn't even believe that that's what she really wanted to do. Like, I, I, I didn't believe that this was what An's, like, An's dream was, right? Like, <laughs> I, they want you to think that. Like, I didn't believe that. I didn't even believe that Ryuji cared about running anymore right like they make you they make you want to believe that but i don't think the commitment was there and i I just didn't believe any of their side stories enough to care i went on a lot so i'm done but yeah that's how i feel no that was great um i definitely want everybody's opinion on this because it was it's a big aspect and i've written about this a ton for me the character relationships and the confidants aren't there because joker's a silent protagonist and it everything to me feels so incredibly one-sided it feels like every character you're talking to is like talking about you building up this relationship with them and how much they depend on you and it like everything just falls flat for me because it's like 
okay, but I feel like I don't have any relationship with you. I like I don't even talk to you for God's sakes in game. Um, you're just basically listening to them. Yeah, you're listening to them. You're not responding. You don't have any emotional response to the things happening to them in game. So even if I'm like sitting there crying over something that happened to like on or Ryuji or Sojiro, like my character is just so deadpan and nonchalant and generic for the sense. Again, you always hear about how characters are silent so that you can project yourself into the game. But it's like, yeah, but the character's not like, I can't project my emotion into the game. Like Joker's just sitting there staring off into the distance. Like it's, it, it just kind of ruined every emotional moment for me or, or it didn't ruin it, but I, I, I always like took myself out of it a little bit and wasn't in as deep as I could be saying. It's so interesting. You say that. Cause I completely disagree. I did not have okay. that problem at all. I, I, I was totally Joker. Like I was, I embodied that character because I was so engrossed in the story. So anytime that I did make those relationship progressions, I did feel like they were worth something. So I, I actually completely disagree with your point. I and like I understand were... it, but I just, I, like, I, I get the whole, like, he doesn't talk, he's not saying anything, and even the choices that you do make really don't matter, but to me, I, like, these were my friends, and, like, in this game, these were my friends, I have a connection with these assholes, right, like, I, I call no, them no, assholes like, endearingly, I, and I really felt I that. I completely, I agree, like, I was connected to these characters, I love their story, I just feel like it could have been so much better, and I'm talking about, like, it was already fantastic for like video game standards in a sense. I'm not knocking it. That's not what I mean. I just mean like I feel like there is a whole other threshold that could have been reached. So what happens if they start having Joker as a protagonist respond and he says the wrong thing? And by that, I I mean, like, you and I, as two different people with two very different experiences, are going Mm -hmm. to want to say different things to these characters based on, like, who we like and how we feel about them, right? You don't like Morgana, I don't like Ryuji. Um, Having a silent protagonist means that uh, the the game developers don't accidentally say something that I don't want them to say. Like, how many of you guys have played video games and then you pick a dialogue option and then it's said and it's not at all what you meant for them to say? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not what you thought they were going to say. And so I feel like with a game like Persona 5, if you were to do that, and yes, I'm just refuting your your point. I I hope that's okay. But um, of course, if if you have a game like Persona 5 and you're able to even if you pick dialogue options, they're not always going to be what everyone wants. And so I think that the best way to handle that is by having a silent protagonist, by allowing players to put themselves in the game. And of course, like you said, that can make it seem like it's a one-sided you know, conversation, but I personally never felt that way. I, I really felt that I was in it and I was Joker. And I actually preferred that he was silent because a lot of times these games don't allow me to say or do or feel what I want. Like I wanted to date Yusuke the whole time. The whole mm-hmm. time. You can't tell me that man wasn't in love with me and I wasn't in love with him because in that game, I loved him, okay? He was my OTP. Like, So, you know, not having options like that or not... A, and I'll talk about the whole LGBT situation in the game later uh, since, you know, I'm gay, so I can do that. Uh, <laughs> but um, just, yeah, I think you would run into an issue of not to... Like, this game sold so many copies like i don't even want to guess like it sold so many copies there's so many people that are going to feel so many different ways about such serious issues right like there are serious issues tackled in this video game which is a part of why i love it but 
you won't be able to give everyone the right answer at the right time if you give options for this character to say that not everyone's going to feel. So I think the safe way is to have one-sided conversations. But, you know, I still agree with what you said, Sterling. That can make it feel like, you know, it's a disjointed um, it's a disjointed conversation. I just personally didn't feel that way. I just think even adding, like, very basic voice acting to it and still having, like, the kind of non-specific responses that joke already has would add add a bit more for me and again i know this is like a very personal problem for me so i'm not saying like oh like you know this would fix the game it would be perfect i'm just saying like for me personally i'd be a you know i'd be be one step closer in the pool Mm -hmm. but um i i agree i feel like uh, if it was, if what I, I want is added, I feel like some people it would sour the experience for them a, a bit, because, well, you already said because, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm I'm curious, Christy, what do you think? I mean, honestly, Drill summed up everything that I was planning to say. <laughs> oh, sorry. It happens all the time. Either Jarell or Brandon, they sum up everything, but is they okay? And Brandon, what about you? So I'm of two minds of it actually. Um, regarding the confidant situation. Oh, but first off, I want to I, before it leaves my head, I want to just comment on something Jarell said regarding that. Sometimes when you get the options, you don't say at all what you want to say. I want to just bring up a very specific example. There's this game called The Wolf Among Us. It's a Telltale game, and there's a very specific point in the game where the main character is talking to another guy. He's like selling in a bar. And then he's, like, kind of pouring his soul out to you. And one of the options is Glass Sim. Now, me and the YouTubers I watch thought Glass Sim was like, oh, he's not feeling good. Let me just give him a nice glass, little little glass of, like, beer or something like that. Oh, no. Apparently, Glass Sim means literally grab the glass and hit him on the head with it. Oh, my God. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I, like, I was so, I was pissed. I was like, I immediately, like, nah, nah, nah. Last save point. That is not at all what I wanted to do. God damn it. <laughs> anyway, I just had to get that out there. If you've played Wolf Among Us, let us know. That's, uh, anyway. Uh, so getting back to your question regarding the confidence. I'm two minds about it. Um, I, I, on one hand, I do like the fact that he's like kind of like a silent protagonist. And like Jarrell said, that you can pick the dialogue so that Joker can really be you. I mean, I feel like that's what kind of a persona is that, you know, um, one person can be many personalities. And since, you know, Joker is the trickster, he can be many different personalities. That's why he can get multiple personas. Therefore, the character is meant to embody you. But here's my issue, though, is that I freaking love Joker's design. Let me just preface that real quick. I absolutely love his design. He's a really cool-looking character, both when he's uh, in his outfit and when he's not. Um, but at the same time, it's harder for me as a, per- as a as a player to connect with the characters like dialogue choices if I don't choose what they look like to me. Like, for example, when I play Persona 5, I have never called Joker Brandon Alvello. I have never called him, like, my name. I have always called him, my first playthrough, I called him uh, Ren Amamiya because that was his name in the anime. And then in the royal playthrough, I named Akira Kurusuka. That was his name in the manga because he's not me, or at least he doesn't look like me. So I make the decisions like how I would want to make the decisions that way. So in that way, it does connect with me. But his character just also just doesn't look like me. Like, when, like for example, take a Pokemon game, for example. Um, nowadays, you can make that character look just like you. And the whole point of Pokemon is to like, trade with people and have your own personalized team so this character is meant to be you right but with a game like persona or any other rpg where the character is silent but you can't really change their appearance 
I don't want to say it takes me out of it, but at the same time, it's really hard for me to like connect with the fact that they are making the decisions based on me um, in that regard. But going towards more into the confidence. <laughs> Can I say something really quick? Go, go ahead before I before I <laughs> That's transition. That's so interesting. I feel like I've played so many JRPGs or so many silent protagonist games that never look like me that I've just gotten used to that, and I just admire sure. them. I know. Sure, like, yeah. Like, I, I, even never with have I ever. Oh well, you know, even I, with Tidus and Ten, I'm like, oh, this okay. I get this. Yeah, I I always name them after myself, and I I've just oh, really? been able to embody. I always do. Like every character is always Jarrell, and like I, I am able to to put myself in their shoes because I'm just so used to never seeing characters that look like me anyway. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Sorry. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Like I, I mean, I let me don't get me wrong. When I actually do get the character, I role play them as best I can in my head to like really immerse myself. It's just that's kind of like a barrier for me personally. But anyway, um, going on to the confidant thing. So I'm of two minds of that as well, because uh, like you guys said about the non-party confidants, um, it's harder to connect with them because they aren't really part of the main story. Well, some of them are not. So sometimes it feels like their story is kind of like not as important. But here's the thing. Anyone who knows me knows one of my all-time favorite games is The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask. And that game is 100% about the characters. It has nothing to... The story of Majora's Mask, I'm just going to say right now, it's not the greatest of Legend of Zelda games. It's, that's not a strong point. Majora's Mask's strong point is the characters, the characters that are reacting to what's going on around them in the world. So Persona 5, you know, these characters, they're set in kind of like a more realistic Japan, you know, Tokyo specifically, and they have their own issues that they're dealing with that are very, you know, real problems. Like um, Kawakami has to deal with the fact that uh, a student died on her watch. She's trying to make amends for that. Or Hifumi has a mother that, you know, wants her to always win no matter what the cost is. Like, these are real issues that people do face. And sometimes, you know, I, I agree with Gerald. Hifumi's didn't really hit me. Uh, Kawakami's uh, kind of hit me. It's really it's really going to be based on, like, the individual, I feel. Like, which ones are going to hit you. Because, like, they're different. They're very different stories, each and every one of them. Some are lighter than others. Some are heavier than others. And you just kind of, kind of, like, deal with it. Now, regarding the party member ones... Some of them are in, are set up in such a way that, you know, this is the only character development they're going to receive in some regard. Like, like when you see the story, they'll get some kind of character development, especially when they're getting their persona. But because there's so many characters in your party, it's hard for them to all get the spotlight at times. And so the game kind of does lean on the confidence to kind of like uh, fill in what blanks there would be in that regard. And sometimes they don't always do the best. So like Jarrell's example was great with On. Like it's, it feels like two different characters because you know, because the confidant's not required. Is let me put it that way. And so I feel like they gave it a little less importance, and that's kind of like a weak point of it. Then you have the opposite problem, Haru, where if you don't do her confidant, she's kind of a nothing character. If I'm being perfectly honest, like I love Haru, but her confidant uh, storyline is what makes her, in my opinion, likable. Because yeah. it also resolves it also resolves it also like resolves her, her story it also resolves her storyline with her like um, forced marriage. You don't know what happens to that if you don't do her confidant. I went through all of Persona Five. It's like, are they not gonna touch on the fact that she's gonna be married off? Like, and they just never touched on it. But then Royo, I actually finished her confidant and saw the conclusion of that and her having finally having her own goals. And I'm like, I love this, but if you didn't get this confidant, is this like? I, I don't know if, like, I love the confidants in general, but I sometimes wonder if they might have leaned a bit too much of it for the party members' um, character development, if that makes sense. 
Whereas, oh, sorry. What's up? No, no, go ahead. I was just gonna say I think that only happens in specific situations, right? Because yeah, sure. Uh, sure. Like a lot of what happens in Persona Five is in the main storyline, and I think yep. only yep. I, I only think for me Haru's was the only one that was really like unresolved. Maybe I'll say Yusuke a little bit, but sure. everyone else had their had their you know their entire story handled in the main story, which makes the confidants kind of useless, except for Haru. Yeah, you're kind of right. And I, I would definitely say that's the case for Ryuji because, you know, his con like you mentioned, his confidence is all about him coming to grips with his past and running again. But here's the thing. In the main story, at the end of Shido's palace, he has, like, this moment where he's, like, the only one running and he manages, like, to, like, get them to safety, like, a sacrifice and of himself. So even if you never got any of his confidence, never saw anything of his character, his, his, his character arc still has a natural conclusion. And so it feels definitely unnecessary. So, you know, it, it, it's, it's just what I said. It's like some confidants feel more important than others. But all in all, as someone who loved, I, I'm so, I will even go as far as to say that sometimes I value the characters more than the story. And in that regard, while the confidants may not have always gotten the job done for me, I still enjoyed doing them because I enjoyed learning about these characters. Oh, there is one other note I wanted to make uh, because Sterling had mentioned about how these characters just kind of like talking to you as Joker's a silent protagonist. It kind of reminded me a little bit of the support conversations in Fire Emblem Three Houses because the conversations yeah. that the characters will have with Byleth are, they're basically the character monologuing. They're telling you their story. They're telling you what kind of character they are. Whereas the other support conversations that those characters get with another character, now those are not silent protagonists. They're not even the protagonists. They're like two characters with distinct personalities and past talking to each other and their personalities coming to a collision of some kind. Those are more interesting to me personally because, you know, they have, you know, they're not meant, they're not supposed to be you. They're supposed to be this character talking to this character and having that kind of interaction. Whereas you as Byleth are, you know, you have your dialogue that you can say to them if you want to like boost or lower the support, but you're getting their story. And it's just a comparison that I have because it's with Royal, it really is just that. It's just characters pretty much just telling you their stories. And that's going to work for some people, and it's just not going to work for others, you know? It's just, to me, that's that, that's not a relationship, you know what I mean? That's not a realistic way to, to build something with somebody. And uh, I, it doesn't have to mean, like, oh, you liking the character. I just mean, like, and to go off what you said, Brandon, especially in something like Three Houses, where the characters are constantly talking about how much they like you and how much they th literally think your relationship is improving meanwhile they're literally just like monologuing to you mm -hmm. it's like that's not how relationships work that's not how something builds like there there always has to be taken give in a sense man um, i still disagree i feel like i feel like you have to and this is just my own opinion you have to remember we're, we're talking video games here like we're talking I know, I know, like that that's a thing. I know it's it's very much a limitation and just a form of storytelling in itself. Um, like imagine if you had the opportunity to respond to all the characters in Persona 5 with the way that you wanted to, you'd never end the game. Yeah. Same thing with uh Three Houses. Oh my gosh, you're talking to a million people all the time. Yeah. Uh and then just creating those interactions would take uh, and Y'all, like I said, we don't all have unlimited time. So I, a hundred plus hours in Persona Five is already enough for me. I don't need to respond to anyone else. <laughs> it's already too much. 
I just like it's I don't even want like more dialogue options. I just literally want voice acting. I think that would like voice acting with Joker and like yeah. someone like Byleth would make it so much better for me. I don't think it's impossible to implement either because going to Tokyo Mirage Sessions, for example, the main character Itsuki, you could choose dialogue for him. Like he's Itsuki doesn't have much of a personality in that game, but he still talks. Like he has he's had he's a voice acted character. And I don't know. I I, I think I think there's some, like I understand what Jarrell's saying certainly because that's a lot of dialogue. But I think there's also something that was certainly said. I think it's possible to have a character that's not too descript without while also having a little bit of voice acting. Because that's I'm what Iski is. He I mean, Iski is meant for you to implant your personality into him. Because otherwise, I, I can see. Are you guys insinuating that Joker doesn't talk? Because I hear him. Oh, he talks. Okay, he, he, he talks. I'm, I'm, I'm glad. I'm, I'm very I, I happy. Like, Y'all say that like you don't say nothing. <laughs> I feel like Sterling wants something more like um, from Bravely, where have you played the first Bravely default game with Tiz? I have not. Oh, oh. but see, I didn't like that. The, see, uh, me and I, I feel like that's something things. that Sterling is like more looking for. Like, the player's supposed to be embodying Tiz, and but Tiz, he, there is voice acting, whatnot. However, instead of like choosing the dialogue option, he goes through like whatever he chooses to do. So it's like all automated in a way. But I just think he's not really silent. He's more of like he just yeah. Tiz is definitely not silent. Voiced. But to go off what Jarrell said, like he has a voice. We know what Joker sounds like, so why not just make him fully voice acted? Because the more he talks, the less invested I am in figuring or in and ensuring that that is me. Okay, I guess <laughs> <laughs> we can agree to disagree. I think there's no a because like. I'm never gonna argue with someone like Jarrell. Like, wow, how dare you be connected to this character in this game? It's like, it's it's so much of a a personal me thing that it's like I can I can never look at Jarrell and be like, you're wrong. Like, yeah, video you know, games I, aren't gonna I improve agree. that way. Like, no, no, no. I I mean, I, I feel the same way with you. Like, I can't tell you you're wrong, Sterling. Like, if that's what connects you, then you know, I wish it was there for you yeah. and only your game. <laughs> <laughs> or, or even if you know, what would be great if there's a toggle option, right? Like, do you want how how invested do you want to be in Joker's plight? Like, do you really want this to be you? Do you want to turn off dialogue Ooh. completely, or do mm -hmm. you want your protagonist to speak? I I know of only one game that did that. Um, that's actually the Japanese only version of Fire Emblem Awakening. The main character Robin, like he talk, like he talks, but in the Japanese version, you had the option to make him just a completely silent protagonist, and that changed, of course, every single support conversation that involved him. Yeah. Because now they had to basically pull three houses and like talk to him instead of him talking back to them. They did not implement that in the American version because Awakening barely even got localized. Uh, I'm curious. We got it. Yeah. I'm curious what. Uh, who's everybody's favorite confidant, starting with Christy? Um, so I never really finished all the confidant, to be honest. If I'm saying anything, the highest I got oh. was like five or something. So I oh my goodness! <laughs> So I finished the game, but I never really maxed out any of the confidants. <laughs> I think Dude, I got I to like five. To. Um, I did like uh, Sojiro's a lot. I think there was, it was a lot of, it was just heartwarming in a way. Um, I think after that, just seeing Futaba, um, where I was at with her, just seeing her kind of like grow out of her shell and like helping her, I really liked that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that was cool. That like as a favorite, I never finished them, so I can't really say which one would, would be my favorite. All I know is that I was just never happy with On and how they took it, like what Jarell said. That's what made me really annoyed. 
Um, there are so many to me that didn't even matter. <laughs> I can tell you all the ones that didn't matter. Uh, uh, Ichiko, uh, t uh, Takemi, Iwai, like none of those I love that Takemi. I care about. Um, Chihaya, I, I, agree, the, I agree with you. Name. I agree with you. Ichi, 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 what was it? Oh, yeah? Literally so many I didn't care about. Uh, uh, I, but I will, to answer your question, I will say, oh, you know who uh, uh, Tarnusuke Yoshida he was just the sweetest little old man, just you know. Yeah, Yoshida was actually pretty good. Yeah, I actually I loved Yoshida's. I didn't think him. I would, but he, yeah, he was yeah. great. I liked him because he was just like I loved him. I was like, I want to help you so much. Like you're such a good person. Like just trying to change the world one person at a time. Uh, mm -hmm. Him and I would probably have to say. Um, uh, him and, and Sojiro, like, you can't... It's the old men, the happy old men. Like, I love them <laughs> so much. They're my two favorites. Brandon? Um, so, this might surprise some people because, you know, obviously I, I love Haru, but my favorite, uh, confidant... It's it, I like her story, but it's not my favorite con... Well, if we're, ta we're talking about confidant story, right? Or just confidants in general? Yeah, story, just like your relationship with them. Okay, yeah, because if we're talking about characters, it's Haru, but if we're talking about, like, their confidant story, uh, it's Kasumi for me, 100%. Like, her character is not only well-developed in the story, but going through her story in, like, the confidant uh, form, there's, a, like, a surprising amount of twists and turns that go along with it that I was like, oh, interesting. It's it's a it's a very strong confidant. She is actually one of my favorite characters that they... they not just just in general, Persona Five, I guess, because I just I just really enjoyed it. I can't go like, I mean, obviously this is a spoiler cast, but I also don't want to spoil those who haven't finished uh, Royal that are on this podcast. So I'm just going to refrain. But Kasumi, I love I love her confidant. <laughs> I think that's <laughs> uh, it's not just you. I don't know if Sterling knows either. In fairness, though, I have been told that I would she would be my favorite, and I based on what I've heard about it, I can completely I know. agree. I, from what I have seen, because I still haven't played it, I've just watched Japanese streams. I think she'll be one of my favorites too. Yeah, it's a it's a very good confidant story. Yeah, I heard that her story deals with depression. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in a very in a big manner. way. And I'm like, yeah, that is totally something I can get behind. Well, that sounds sad. It, it, it's sad. <laughs> <Never> mind. sad. <laughs> I can totally get behind that depression. I understand. <laughs> I, I also want to get what you're trying to say. <laughs> I also do want to give a quick shout out to um, um, the other two, the new confidants of Royal, because they're also very well done. Maruki's confidants very well done. Akechi's is surprisingly compelling, but it takes a little He's bit a before. Um, the his confidant doesn't start compelling, especially if you play I like, Persona Five. I like how he's literally just like, "Yo, I hate you. Let's hang out." <laughs> right? Yeah, that's kind of Akechi's deal. I genuinely dislike you. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, if we're talking about spoilers of the original Persona Five, yeah, obviously Akechi's a, a dirtbag. So his first few <laughs> levels in the confidant are very uh because he's pretending to be nice and like calling, "Ooh, you're 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 quite a rival." Mm. But then here's the thing. The later parts of his confidant, he starts to reveal some of his like true nature before the reveal of who he is at the end of Persona 5 that he's like, you know, this traitor or whatever. Like he starts revealing some of the mask. Like straight up, the last rank you get for him before you can no longer confidant him is he's like, I'm gonna be honest with you. I hate you. Just you're always better at this and better at that. And I've said I'm a friendly rival, but the truth is I can't stand you. Like he just straight up tells Joker that he cannot stand him, and you finally see I the real catchy. That. 
Yeah, it's just yeah, like... you should just stop being a hater. And there's a, and, uh, and let me also <laughs> say this. There's a point in his confidant where he straight up challenges you to a fight. You have to do like a one-on-one -on -one boss fight against a yeah, catchy. Yeah, that was sick. I was like, are you... What? Is this really happening? Like, it was crazy. Yeah, so a shout out to Akechi's uh, confidant for being surprisingly compelling despite the character being alpha. Uh, I think it's pretty telling that we all agree that Sojuro's like a really good confidant. Oh, He's my yeah. favorite. I'm sorry, yeah, I didn't mention um, it, but Sojuro's is great. Great. I just think it's, it's you know, for, when you start the game, like especially when I started the game, I was like, I fucking hate this guy. He's an asshole. Yeah, like, he's Why is he likeable. being so rude to this kid? Who's just like down on his luck and tried to do the right thing, and he's acting like he's such a uh, a burden on him. Mm -hmm. And then it starts to develop where he like you can kind of start to see him care a bit more, and then he starts to be really nice to him and, and accommodate him. And then he starts to like accommodate you and your friends, and he finally figures out that you're a phantom thief. And he right away he's just like I gotta protect these kids, like I gotta do what I can to help them. And it's just so so wholesome, and I love I love his confidant story as well, where mm -hmm. uh, like his relationship with Futaba and his mom, and and just like how protective he is of these kids, when you look back on it, and he acts like you're such a burden. Yeah, I, um, I think that's also a testament to the writing in this game, right? He's another character that is so real. Uh, because yeah. if I, you know, how many of us are put in this situation? You have to take in someone that, as far as you know, has done some really shitty things, right? Like he's mm -hmm. he's harassed, sexually harasses woman. He's like this outcast kid. Like he's a piece of shit, right? And then you go yeah. to school, and it's like, damn! Not only does like the guy I'm housing. Uh, that's housing me hate me the fucking teachers hate me like everyone around me is a piece of shit but it's really cool to see that progression because i and correct me if i'm wrong i feel like he's one of the only characters where we get to really see how joker's perceived um change throughout the course of the story aside from you know our own our own way of playing the game right so like we get mm -hmm. to see how people react to us but uh sojourer i think is the only uh, outside person who really we get to see his progression and and uh, development. He, have him watch us develop, and I mm -hmm. think it, it's just a testament to how well he's written that he's such a favorite. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I also do really like Maruki. Uh, that's his name, right? The Maruki, the, yeah. Uh, yeah. Maruki, yeah. He's great. Uh, I just like his whole shtick of like, hey, again, kind of like Sojuro. Like, I just want to help. I just kind of want to be there for people. I know he gets a bit like more interesting in the third semester. At least that's what I've heard. Yeah. Um, but uh, I just found it really nice. And and he has some moments with like other characters too, like with Yusuke and I think Ryuji, where they incorporate into the game where they just go up to him and they're like, "Hey, I kind of need to talk about some stuff. Like this is what's going mm -hmm. on." And it elaborates, like it, you know, Ryuji like talks to him about running and stuff. Even though it's not that interesting, it's I just find it cool that the game added those little moments. But yeah. I think it's something the game needed, to be perfectly honest. We'll get that more. Yeah. It's it, We're touching a little more about Royal specifically, but yeah. Maruku, I feel, is a very good addition to the story because he fills in some blanks that the original one didn't in terms of, like, the character's development. Just them talking to him about the issues they are going through is, I think, uh, good for the story. And also, That's it's realistic because he gets introduced into the story right after the Kamoshida incident. You know, it's very realistic <laughs> That after you find out that your school coach has been harassing both boys and girls in your faculty, then, you know, maybe some people want to have someone on on staff that can talk through those issues that they probably have. 
So him becoming, it's also a realistic thing. It's benefits not only uh, the, uh, the, 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 the character's story, but also benefits just the general lore of like the game, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to get into kind of the themes and motifs of this game a little bit and how relatable you guys think they are because to, to me and I, I think most people feel this but Persona 5 to me is about like kind of facing the injustices of the world and uh, definitely from the character's point of view like evil adults like <laughs> mm-hmm. and how it can kind of feel like uh, the problems in your life are kind of insurmountable but once you really try to actively change things then you can finally overcome the obstacles in your life um, just curious like do you guys think it, it's good I've, I've heard other people say that like Persona 4 is better but I don't know because I haven't played that one. Like, Jarrell, what do you think? Um, well, <clears throat> you know, Persona 4 is essentially a murder mystery video game. Like, for mm-hmm. anyone who's not played it. So, I, I hesitate to compare the two. Uh, because, obviously, Persona 5 is not a murder mystery in any, <laughs> in any sense of the word. Uh, but I think Persona 5 just has a, a special place in my heart because... I believe that it is because of its themes and motifs it's one of those games that if someone has not played a JRPG before it's one that I recommend because it's so universal and I think mm-hmm. because it's so universal that's what makes Persona 5 so special you know like JRPGs have the special thing and um, with Persona 5 it's the sense of just relatability that that just brings people i think into this game and it and it starts just with you know it starts with the way the game begins right like we are thrown into this this you know uh this world in media res like middle middle we have no idea what's going on like holy shit we're running around like crazy things are happening people are talking to us we're fighting shit we're getting punched in the face like what 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 like what is going on uh and then once you finally start really getting into the game you you you, you find the first thing out right like okay you you see this guy who's about to sexually harass this woman you step in and your first problem is what happens when you see something and you say something and you aren't believed right you see something you say something you're blamed for something because someone in power uh has the ability to just throw the blame on you because they can do that and how many of us have been in you know a situation at school at work uh with family members you know like you know your your brother or sister blames something on you and you get in trouble for it you know like all of us have been in that situation on like a a, a micro or a macro scale right like i'm gonna stop you there because that's exactly what happened to me because i was working at the time at a law firm and i was thrown into a very similar situation like what joker had at the beginning where um it wasn't really somebody else, but it was more like my coworker, and it was this huge ordeal. So I, I was able to empathize and like see myself in Joker at that moment, which is why it does hold a special place in my heart, even though I didn't finish it as quickly as I did. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, that's a perfect example. I think it's so relatable for ev- everyone has been in a situation where they've been blamed for something they didn't do, whether it is on a, you know, a, a serious, like, 
you're going to like jail time scale or whether it's a not so serious scale, right? Uh, and in this situation, it just happens to be a very serious, you know, uh, thing. And you know, you can of course take it super far like I do, uh, and then you could talk about you know what happens if you see something and you don't say anything. Like what would have happened to that woman had Joker not stepped in, right? Like what happened? Do we d imagine if they gave us the option as the player? Like, are you gonna step in and do something or are you not, right? Like, there is that sense of morality that that is, that ca that is kind of played with, not really, because obviously, you know, the story has to make a decision for you. But the game already starts that way. And then as it continues, there are so many relatable situations, like, you know, women and sexual harassment is one of the first things. Suicide is one of the first things that you deal with. Uh, just unwanted attention, right? Like, uh, and... and I guess being a minority, I can kind of understand, and that's probably why Ahn is one of my favorite characters as well, because she's in Japan. She's blonde in Japan, right? Like, a, a native blonde woman in Japan. Everyone and quarter American on top of that. And part, yes, part American. So like, she's already a standout, right? Like anywhere I go, if I'm in a room of people that don't look like me, I'm already a standout. Uh, people are already going to have perceptions based on just specifically what she looks like. And that I think a lot of people can relate with. And that's one of the first things that, that you see. One of the first things that, that you like have to handle. Uh, and then you go into some of them are, you know, some of the, some of the themes are less believable um, and, and like less, less uh, 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 commonplace. Uh, but I think the game really starts with a bunch of themes that people can relate to. And once you get into it, like, it, like Yusuke's, for example, like, not many of us are artists, right? Like, on, on a scale of Yusuke, for, I mean, like, not many of us are artists that can relate to what he's going through. But at the same time, there's still a sense of your hard work being stolen from you. Um, and, and, you know, figures of authority uh, taking advantage. And everyone can relate to figures of authority taking advantage in some form. Whether it's your parents forcing you to do something that you don't want to do just because you're rebellious. Whether it's good, whether it's bad. Um, or, you know, once again, going to a job and being blamed for something that you didn't do. Or uh, having an arranged marriage made for you that you don't want to be a part of. Uh, someone harassing you in some form. I think uh, this these, these themes are much stronger than and Persona 4, and that's obviously just my opinion. Persona 4 is a great game. Character development is, I think, better in Persona 4 than it is in Persona 5, is what I will say. Um, but I think for themes and motifs, they're, 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 they're so vast that everyone can find something to relate to. And I'm going to stop talking because I talk a lot, I'm done. Um, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, what I was going to say was that, um, going off what Jarrell was saying, I like that how Persona 5 it starts off as being extremely relatable on some scale to the player, and then after that it starts to, um, I feel like the seriousness starts to increase from there depending, and then after that, after a certain point, that's when they can kind of test and see like how somewhat, I guess, out there they can go with um, what they're going for with some of like what's happening. Um, but overall, it does... It's very grounded, I feel like, for a JRPG compared to others that I have played. Um, but no, I think overall, Jarrell, he kind of summed up what I was oh, going to no. say. <laughs> he summed it, he just summed it up, but, um, but what I would like to add is that it starts very relatable and then it builds from there. So that way, you're drawn into the game. 
And even, I, I, okay, one more thing I gotta say, even <laughs> even the way the game begins, right? So like once you get past all the, the stuff in the beginning, and I think this is why I was so invested and I really felt like Joker was me, they did something super smart. Like how many of you guys have been to Japan? I haven't, I want to. I want to. So uh, none of us have been to Japan, great. So you know that when you first start, what like the first thing you've got to do is go to school, you've got to find the house you're going to, you've got to catch the right train, and it, to me, uh, that's such a great detail, is placing you in the middle of Japan and being like, hey, you as a character have to go do this. And it's so relatable because imagine being dropped in the, in the middle of Japan in a place you've never been before, and the first thing you have to do is figure out your way around, right? Like, I, I, I don't know, I, I guess I'll ask you guys, if Sterling, if, if you don't mind, like, how did you guys feel about the story beginning that way? Because for me, it was really a part of, holy shit, like, I am this character, I have no idea where I'm going, I've never been here before, I know this is like a, a, a smaller scale version of the real world, but it's so cool to implement that as a way to have care to, to have players uh, be really be a part of um, who the character is. Uh, and then that, I think, just solidifies the fact that, yeah, we've all been through, like you said, these, these or like I said, rather, we've all had to deal with these motifs, like, uh, like these themes before. And it just solidifies, I think the beginning of the game just really solidifies your place as this character really, ha really having to go through um, all these themes. I feel so bad because I feel like I played too many JRPGs to actually, <laughs> to actually feel anything because I'm like, oh, Hey, it's another JRPG mechanic. I'm dropped in the middle of nowhere. Time to figure out what I'm doing. Oh, interesting. Well, I have a, uh, my answers are kind of similar to Christie's, but I also have a little roundabout thing to talk about that as well. And that's specifically when a game gets like uh, a sequel that takes place in a similar world. And that's very uh, related here because of course, Persona 5 did get a direct sequel, Persona 5 Strikers. So what Jarrell said is absolutely true. You know, you get thrown into this unfamiliar city. You need to find out, uh, where your school is, you need to find out where it is you're gonna be living for the next few months, and you don't really know, you have kind of like vague directions, you just kind of have to like uh, piece your way through it in this like very confusing city. And then you go to a game like Persona 5 Strikers, which again is a direct sequel to this game, and the sense of familiarity you feel is amazing because now you have explored that world fully, and you get to explore the streets of Yonganjaya and know exactly where everything you wanna to go to is. And that's an awesome feeling. Um, I love it when sequels, you know, I, I of course it's good when they take you to new places, but it's also great when they also just put you in familiar areas because you feel like a freaking boss going to those places that you once were so confused about and now just being an expert. And the fact that it's rooted in real world, like, geography means that mm. you are, I assume, or at least for me, it means that, yeah, I'm really feeling more connected to this. So when things actually happen, like, okay, I already know I'm in the real world. I'm trying to catch this subway to get to where I need to be. And then, boom, first theme is here, and it's something that I can relate to. I just feel like it all ties together um, for the themes of the game. For me personally, like I said, this game hit me when I was in my first year of college. Mm -hmm. And when I tell you that the day I I first, like, well, I guess I should preface it. When I chose what college to go to, I literally closed my eyes, spun around, and, like, pointed at one of my offers. So it was oh, completely wow. random, what, yeah, which college I went to. And, uh, like I said, I ended up going to Ottawa. And when I got there and I had to go to the school for the first time, because I didn't even see the school before I went there, um... I had to traverse public transit 
which mm-hmm. was not a thing where I'm from. I'm from a small town. You drove everywhere. So I had to yep. get on the bus and figure out where the bus goes and all that. And I was like, I remember calling my girlfriend that day and just breaking down crying because I was so confused and frustrated. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Persona did a very good job of that. Like right? you said, Jarell, that's actually mm-hmm. a super good point because I remember playing that game. I was like, what subway do I get on? Where's this yep. going? Yep. Like, what do I have to do? And and like you said, you're put in the shoes of Joker where it's like, there's so much new happening to you all at the same time. And it's just like, to me, just resonating in your head. It's like, I literally am in this shitty situation because I made a good decision. Yep. <laughs> because I made a good choice and tried to do the right thing. And again, that in itself can mirror real life. Like there's plenty of times where I know I've made the right decision morally and it's had negative repercussions yep. in a social sense. Yep. Um, but I think I think it was a super great way to to start the story. And there's even, you know, there's times where I'll even go back on what I said where Joker being silent in these situations is even kind of good. Like when Sojuro is treating you like shit and you're like, why can't he just scream at Sojuro? And tell him to like screw you, and it's like even more frustrating that he doesn't have that ability, right? It's just so good. I I I specifically brought it up because I do feel like it ties in with the themes because it's another situation that we've all been in at one point or another, right? Like everyone is. Mm-hmm. I, I had the same. Like I had a similar situation when I went to college. I was like, oh, I have no idea where anything is. Like you know, like we've all been in that moment where it's like, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> like I am I lost. Know. I need help. I have nowhere I'm go. I have no idea where I'm going. I don't know who to ask for help. Um, and, and it just—it's the beginning seed of something that is going to grow and grow into more relatable, you know, themes throughout. And I—and that's also another reason that I could—I can suggest Persona Five. And, and you know, like Christy mentioned, a lot of JRPGs are going to just drop you randomly in the middle of nowhere. But I think Persona just does a really good job at getting that—that that frustration and that feeling of not knowing where you're going and still making that a part of the theme of the game right like you're lonely you're you're alone uh, and I don't I, think every other game does that see I feel like that I was spoiled because I played the world ends with you back when it was on the DS and that's exactly what it did was that you're you're at the very beginning and then all of a sudden you're dropped in scramble crossing and you're like what the heck just happened so in my mind, I equated it to that, where I'm like, oh, so this is happening. Okay, this is normal. Let's go. Let's figure it out from there. One thing I want to say that, that Jarrell had, had like, uh, reference about, like, you're all alone and trying to, like, figure all this stuff out. Um, in general, when it comes to RPG specifically, it's one of the reasons why I definitely prefer RPGs that have parties as opposed to, you know, single-player RPGs where, well... Where RPGs, rather, where you don't have a party, which usually is about, like, action RPGs. Most action RPGs kind of, like have you by yourself as opposed to with a party. Um, it's just, if I'm going like on a big adventure, I don't know. I kind of like having, uh, you know, people that, that, that are with you, that are going to the story with you, party banter, that's always nice. Whereas if you're kind of like by yourself, it's it gives you this feeling of isolationism, which sometimes that's good in, in, in RPGs and sometimes it's not. Um, this is kind of topical because Knights of Republic uh, remake got announced today as of this recording. Um, but Knights of Republic has a party, and you get to have a lot of party banter in that game. But there are parts in that game where you are completely by yourself, and boy, when you have a party with you and suddenly it's taken away from you, you feel it. It's like, oh, 
and that happens even more in the sequel. There's a lot of moments where you're just by yourself in that game, even though there's a party, and you feel so alone. And that's just a little musing that I have. So I do like the fact that, you know, it's good that in the beginning of Persona 5 that Joker is by himself, but over the course he makes friends that are also his allies in battle. It's it's a very good progression. Because, you know, he did he did make an error and he makes himself an error or so what people are telling him it was an error and he feels all alone and has really feels like he has no one to confide in and then literally gets people he can not only confide in but trust. And suddenly he's not so alone. And suddenly now he has these um, people with him that are fighting for just the justice that he was previously punished for. And real quick, since I'm already talking, talking about the themes of Persona, one thing that I've always liked, not just about Persona 5 by itself, but just the series in general, is the idea of Persona itself being a representation of who you really are. That that theme is not delved into as deeply in Persona 1 and 2, unfortunately. It really kind of starts with 3 onwards. But the Personas are meant to be you, and nothing personifies it better <laughs> in Persona 5 where they literally get costumes of those characters, <laughs> these costumes, because it represents them. Jarrell had brought it up earlier with on wearing the, uh, the, the jumpsuit, with Joker becoming the thief, and then just go, you know, Ryuji dressing like a freaking a freaking thug, because that's the way he acts. It's it, the point I'm trying to make is like it represents them. Like the Persona series is about being yourself, and sometimes being yourself is not as easy as it sounds because you worry, uh, will people like me if I'm myself? Is this who I really am? Sometimes there's parts of you that you don't want to accept. Persona Four deals with that that part more, much more better because Persona Four you're literally having to like fight shadow versions of yourself. That represent the worst part of you and it's hard to accept that those parts of you are there but you have to accept in order to grow from it in order to become a better person that's a good thing that persona 4 does whereas persona 5 is more about rebellion doing the right thing even when it's difficult even when society wants to pretend that it's not happening like they're all about like just you know being yourself and you know so many people just say yeah just be yourself it's not always easy and i love that the persona series makes it clear that it's hard sometimes to be yourself but it's always going to be worth it see and here i go disagreeing again that's why i don't think that this game's uh character development was as good because i feel like that's what persona games are supposed to be about right mm -hmm. but once you have the point where these characters have accepted who they are they don't always necessarily reflect that um throughout the rest of the game mm, you're you're absolutely right and here's my counter to that Jarrell. Royal fixes a lot of that, and I can't well, really go into more uh, detail. I can't, I can't go into more detail on <laughs> like, that, unfortunately. But Royal really does fix that problem you just had. Hearing. Yeah, like especially in the third Royal. semester. The third semester goes over the fact that the characters, you know, have their character development and then regress, but then they get a, a finality. Let me just say that. That's all. It's to me, it's really hard when a character has, you know, had a revelation. They've come to understand something. They're supposed to know how things are working. And then, you know, two semesters later, they backtrack and do something stupid as shit. Yeah. yeah. I'm just like, yeah. what? Yeah. Like, come you are, on, you are, you are wrong. You are wrong. <laughs> something that is so important to me and, a, and a, a reason that I love coming back to the game is that despite the often heavy but realistic themes and kind of the like the heaviness of the story in in general i guess um is that the game is so weirdly relaxing and i feel like it, yeah. it does a really good job of yes the music 100 mm. yeah, the music. it's the music and, and it like it's always throwing like these themes at you of like like it says every time there's a loading screen 
take your time or always in your objectives it's like just live an honest life like it's <laughs> so uh to piggyback off what Jarrell said like the themes of this game are really just woven into like every mechanic and uh kind of side story or just little thing and i just love it it's so you know i i know brandon and i have talked about this uh before but like i'll i always listen to the persona soundtrack whenever i'm like writing or doing something oh like, hell yeah beneath the mask is really great <laughs> beneath the mask yeah. is oh it's one is made it's, it's for for having a background music while you work Definitely going to put, like, the hour-long version of that during this episode. <laughs> Hell yeah! Let's go! <laughs> but to me, and I, I, I'll i throw it back to you guys, I think mm -hmm. Persona 5 is a mental health game. Kind of like in the same vein of, like, Stardew Valley or Animal Crossing or something like that. I don't know if you guys agree yeah. or disagree, but... Oh, I 100% agree. And, oh my god, I'm, I'm sorry to have to say this again, but Royal especially. <laughs> like, the, the, like, that I, third I semester... It, it like hones in on that. It holds in on exactly what you just said, like about how the, like helping your like mental health and whatnot. It's it's, but even but but like even barring that stuff, like you're absolutely right, Sterling. Like Persona Five game is uh, the game is very good at uh, you know helping you kind of like go through these things because you know these characters go through issues, both the main cast and the supporting cast. Um, but as you kind of like work through them you know it's it's in a way it's kind of like seeing seeing how their stories resolve kind of gives you hope in a way and seeing that and sometimes they don't always have like the happiest endings but you work with what you have to what you're dealt with as best as you can and try to come to the best conclusion with it that makes you um you know stronger out of it at the end going off of that i think it helps that um that the main story itself is very grounded as well too Yes. So it makes it much more relatable to. All right. Well, I'm gonna disagree again. I. Th <laughs> Sorry. Why, Drill? <laughs> Only because I think I think it is a, a mental health game in a sense of like escapism. But mm -hmm. as far as uh, Persona Five is concerned, there are some really heavy topics. I don't want to escape into dealing with sexual harassment. <laughs> <laughs> or forced marriage <laughs> or honestly anything that these characters go through the only the only thing i'll say that i get from a sense of like you know a mental health in a mental health situation is the resolution of these um right. situations right. Uh, but even mm -hmm. then i don't think they're all done well enough to to commit to me saying that this game can help with mental health uh maybe royal uh but as far as base persona 5 like no, I don't feel like everyone's like I don't feel that everyone's story wrap up does justice to what happens to them uh, and I, I, I wish that we could all just you know just you know hop into people's minds and make them be good people but that's just not how things work unfortunately so and and this is gonna sound really weird but uh, these characters kind of take the easy way out of a lot of things and in the sense that that like they can just jump into someone's mind and you know and uh, let me let me rephrase that it's not easy right like there's there's it's life and death situations i don't mean it like it's literally easy it's not um but it, it does create a sense of hey i'm dealing with this i can just change this person we can't just change people a lot of times we have to in real life mm -hmm. deal with 
we gotta deal with the situation as it is. Uh, it's not as simple as, yo, this dude is doing bad things, we're gonna jump into his mind and make him confess to his crimes. We don't get that in the real world. Also, we get that as also escapism. some of the... A, a big thing, especially as you get older, and I feel like the conversation of, of just... Um, social pressure and kind of parasocial relationships is that a big thing now is you know if somebody doesn't uh contribute positively to your life like you, you gotta cut them out and i feel like not a lot of media kind of talks about the fallout of that and how it can kind of like cutting out a negative person in your life can sometimes have negative repercussions like Especially if it's, like, a family member or somebody that's in your friend's circle. And it's like, hey, I still want to hang out with my friends, but this one person, it's like, no. Um, and I, f I feel like Persona doesn't always handle that right, so I kind of agree with Jarell. But Christy, you were going to say something. Um, I lost it, actually. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, can I say something else? <laughs> Yes. I also, going back to actually something you said, Sterling, you know, um, it's about, you know, two-sided relationships and consent. We are essentially forcing these people to snitch on themselves. Yes, they're bad people, but they're not really making the decision to admit to their crimes on their own. Like, we're like, okay, you're bad. We are going to yeah. make you be a good person now. Or and, and, and especially in the very beginning, before we know that these people are not going to die, you know, we're in a we're in a very tight spot where it's like if you do this you might kill this person like i, I don't know if you guys remember but like in the very oh, beginning do. like you, we well, don't Garner know what's no gonna idea. happen yeah. yeah and 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 the fact that we could be killing this person is a very you know big issue in the beginning of this game like it's not just like we're we're that's why we're phantom thieves right like we're stealing things from people even if it's for the greater good we're taking that agency away from this person essentially being a good person not saying that they would right like I, i'm sure a lot of these people are just gonna be shitty people like just forever um but we're not giving them the option to be good people um and sometimes we do you know we might talk to them outside of of you know their palace and they can make the decision to do so or not to do so but we're we're kind of it's a one-sided it's kind of like what sterling said but in a different situation like this is a one-sided thing we're going in and forcing people to change their way no matter how they feel about it. yeah i was just I'm, I'm thinking about like haru's dad for example or or even futaba's situation like those people are pretty bad, right? But like, are they? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to possibly murder wanna... them bad. <laughs> like, I don't yeah. know. Are they? So I don't want to come choice? off like like I'm. I'm saying these people aren't fucking awful because they are. No, yeah, yeah. You know, I got that point. I, I'm actually disagreeing with you. I, I'm actually agreeing with you, right? Like, <laughs> I, I assume I, I I imagine for Haru, it's really hard to have to deal with your father in that manner. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, damn, are you ready to possibly kill your father because he's making you marry this man? I mean, like, life has ups and downs, and I'm not saying you should get married, but like... Doesn't he die? Doesn't the dad die? But, yeah, <laughs> but it's not them that do it. But they think it's them for a good while. And that's why I'm like, you know, like, this is pretty bad, y'all. Like, we're, like, we shouldn't... There's degrees to badness, I guess, and, you know, we don't get to judge who's who's worse than someone else, but, like... This what y'all want to go out to? <laughs> like, are you sure? 
Uh, anyway, that's why I'm saying no, I don't think it's a mental health game. I feel like we're just fucking everybody up. But for good reason. <laughs> <laughs> we literally go around oh. fucking up adults. Like, <laughs> But they deserve it, I guess. Okay, I'm done. I'm sorry. Ain't that the dream? <laughs> the dream, yes. I wish I could do that. That's true escapism. Yeah. That's the true escapism. Like, I will dive into your mind and tell you to go go admit to being a horrible person. I would honestly just go into my boss's mind and make him give me more time off. I think that's uh, what I would do. Give me a raise, give me more time off, and then don't talk to me while I'm at work. Thanks. <laughs> like, and if you do, if you do, I will go into your mind palace again. And uh, make you and kill you. you. Or, oh shit, I will kill you. <laughs> I am a phantom thief. And that is all for my mental health, by the way. This is all for my own mental health. One of the things that really I find enjoyable about this game and kind of more social games is you really get to see your relationships kind of improve with with the characters in the games and the confidants and such. And I don't know, something about that just makes me feel good. I, it, I know I'm being like super simple about it, but it's like... Uh, I think to mirror or to kind of contrast real life, it's like there's so much about social relationships that are so tough where, uh, and especially with our generation and people like us, it's like you can literally go and hang out with somebody or maybe something in your relationship. And it's like, no matter how secure and how much you can be reassured, like there can still be doubt. Like how many times has somebody gone on a date and they think it goes so fantastic in that you know it's gonna work out and then you get home and you get that text and it's like oh uh i don't want to go for a second date type deal and it's like what the hell i thought everything went perfectly it's like but then you can go and play this game and it's like you get to watch your uh relationship with sojiro like uh develop and, and increase and you get to see why it kind of develops. I just think it's nice and enjoyable. I don't know oh, if anyone oh, else so has cute. I think that's great, great too. And yeah, and here's the thing about that. Um, <laughs> Sometimes I agree. I, let me just say that right, right there. I, I agree. I love I love the fact that you hang out with somebody in Persona, and that you do see like an improvement over like the way uh joker and the said characters get along again we've already talked about how not all the confidence are great but regardless of how we feel about individual ones you do get the sense of progression uh from when you start to hang out the person to like when you've maxed out their confidant how different they act towards you and whatnot and and, and whatnot like for example a good one example is ey um like you know he's you know this shopkeeper that you know, like, oh, you want to work for me? I, I guess so, whatever. Get in here, kid. And then over time, you find out about his son, his former ties to the mafia. And by the end, Ui damn near uh, give a, almost like, like, tries to get, was almost willing to die for you, which is like crazy that this guy who was like, you know, so stuck in this darkness and wouldn't care about anyone besides his son is willing to go that far for you. It's like, that's kind of nuts. And honestly, after playing <clears throat> both this game and like the Fire Emblem series, which has a similar thing with the uh, support conversations, I can't, I won't lie. There are times where I've talked to people and I've noticed that we talk more than we used to or that 
they're telling me things that they would have otherwise never have told me like when you first out and be like damn our support rank must be like really high for him to be telling me <laughs> this this dirty ass <laughs> shit about his past <laughs> and like damn we must be on like rank a for him to be spilling this these beans hold me like it's like it's it, it's just funny of course then you got some people that are just this overshare and they'll tell you things about their past if you're like rank two with them just to give an example uh Anytime. but yeah Anytime I talk to Jarell, I feel like our rank goes down because he bullies me. <laughs> oh my god! Oh Charlie. man, I wasn't expecting that. Oh my god! I wasn't How expecting dare that. You. that. Oh wow! I literally <laughs> just try to love this man, and he just throws it How in my face. How dare you? Okay, come on, come on the uh, HP Critical Podcast tonight, if, if that's true. Oh my goodness! Wow, there it is. Yeah, so. A little long-winded, but that's to say I agree with you, Sterling. I, I love, even if it's not always the most realistic thing, I do love the uh, the uh, the confidant rank and just seeing the relationship grow. And it's nice. It's 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 a very nice thing to see. And again, I already spoke about how much I love the characters. So, you know, seeing them and seeing them go closer to you over the time of the game is something I, I really enjoy about Persona 5. The reason it's I'm also just like Sterling is because... He will not write me for like months and then i'll be like hey i hope you're doing okay i love you and then he'll write me back and be like hey i need your help and i'm like oh hello <laughs> like, what about the time Ouch. what about the time Ouch. i spent like fucking four hours on a call with you to help you for something huh okay Ouch. <laughs> let me just I go did. find some let me just go find some tea to sip all this conversation he really did on. he's actually a wonderful person he re we really were on a call for like four hours and he helped me out um because he's amazing <laughs> but then awesome. after that he was just like yo blah 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 and i was like oh my god hello i'm gonna i'm a person too i miss you i Hi. literally felt so bad for like two days i was like wow i'm actually such a dick like jarell should hate me and he probably does and he's never gonna never. talk to I me i could never oh my gosh i could never all right i'm done i'm sorry derailed sorry <laughs> um and i should just say that doing that <laughs> doing that call drill for four hours was actually a ton of fun even though we were both getting really frustrated it was it was kind of funny it was a um, conversation uh one thing i i wanted to finish off this one little aspect with is that obviously we're all very aware that the older we get like the less free time we have and the more responsibility we get and mm -hmm. it's just kind of nice to like play persona 5 and it's like you know this world ending story and you gotta fight god in the end but some days when you like get home from the palace it's like hey do you want to just do some homework or do you want to hang out with your teacher who's also a maid who's also a prostitute and play video games with your <laughs> cat oh man like, it's very it's very nice and relaxing this after Christy <laughs> says the game's realistic and you're like yeah you fight god in the end and you get to go home and play with your cat I said it was grounded like, <laughs> who talks JRPGs for the most part, I did say it was grounded than most. Man, that's, speaking that's of true. talking no, cats... No, that's not wrong. Speaking of talking cats, I kept waiting for Morgana to transform in the original Persona 5. I know! And he never did, and I was like, what? I like, know, Persona 4, Teddy is, like, a person. So I was like, uh, so you're just gonna be a cat the whole time? And then you turn into <laughs> a bust? But, like, that's it? Like, for real? You're just a cat-cat? <laughs> like, what? Very shocked He's by really that. He's really cat-cat. I was He's really waiting cat, cat, cat. for the human reveal. 
the whole game, uh, and then the game was over, and I was like, no, he well, then I guess you should play <laughs> Royal then. Where yeah, he's a human, I know! Yeah. It's too late now. It's too late now. They've already ruined it. Um, before we get into our closing remarks, I just want to bring up something that Jarrell mentioned earlier that he seemed uh -oh. really passionate about, and that was the... Uh, you mentioned, like, the dating and sort of the LGBTQ plus, like, issues with this game. And mm -hmm. I definitely have some opinions on it. I just wanted to know what you wanted to talk about. Nah, you go first. <laughs> you tell me your opinions first. I feel like I know what... I just wanted to say... About. I definitely was thinking about this a lot recently. I think it's, like, really dumb that you can, A, only play as a man and date women... Mm -hmm. and there's no mm -hmm. like options and there's no like you can't date men or there's no there's just no options and it seems like very uh upfront like very abruptly ignorant in that sense mm -hmm. and i just don't like it i know that's like a very simple way to put it but uh, it's just kind of dumb that you can't, like, romance Ryuji or, like, Yusuke or something like that. But, Jarrell, what did you want to talk about? Uh, so this game is so frustrating. <laughs> like, yep. because uh, in, in Persona 4, there's Kanji Tatsumi who, like, I, I, I'm not going to spoil Persona 4, but uh, this is a character who is very much in between genders. Like, and there's there's conversations about how he actually feels uh, and, and how he identifies. And I don't want to go into all of that. Uh, and I say he because that's uh, I, as, as far as as far as I remember, excuse me, those are the pronouns that he was using. Like, he's this really tough guy, but he also likes to do really nice things like knit. And people are like, why does this bra like brawly dude like knitting? And it really is a part of like him having to confront himself. And he likes to like wear dresses sometimes, you know, and like I was like, okay, Atlas, I see that you're going somewhere with this. I'm not really sure where. And that's like a, a contentious part of, you know, Persona 4. People can decide what they want to decide on that one. I won't go into that one. Persona 5 is so frustrating because... The beach scene? Yes. There is... It, it, it's frustrating because of... The, there's like... So I, I don't remember the bartender's name. The cross-dressing bartender in the game. Please, someone Oh, Lola. Me. Uh, oh, it's Lola, like, I think it is actually... I don't think. Can you, can you get her off of that? Can you get her off of that? Sorry. I don't think that Lala was done badly. I liked her. I thought she was a fun character. I don't think she was portrayed badly. I thought everything she did was fine. I thought, okay, Atlas, this is normal. This is okay. I'm not hating this. Um, I think it's really weird that you can't choose to play as a female character in, in this day and age. Um, I don't feel like anything would have changed a lot if they gave you the option. Um, so and because you got a female playable character in Persona 3 Portable, but then they never went anywhere with that. Mm-hmm. 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 And then, you know, there's the beach scene uh, where the gay characters are, you know, just represented as super over-the-top homosexual like oh my god look at the boys like like super stereotypical and then of course my least favorite character ryuji is just disgusted by these men in that scene and i'm just like okay i understand japan has its own thing you know i understand lgbt situations are different in different cultures uh but then i look at something like square enix and final fantasy 7 remake and how they deal with you know standards of beauty and all that other stuff uh and then i look back at persona 5 
5 and how they deal with these men who show up um twice i believe they show up uh as uh in, in the downtown district i think um mm-hmm. And that's the first time that Ryuji's talking shit about them. And then they show up again at the beach and Ryuji and they're like, oh, you're so cute. Which is always like you you have these like older gay men being predators to these younger gay dudes who are disgusted by it. I'm like, oh, okay. Like so unnecessary. We didn't have to do that. And then there's uh, Lola, who's like a fine portrayal. But then for me, it's like this whole game is essentially about... um, you know overcoming these kids are are overcoming you know issues and stereotypes and what shouldn't be and the fact that that line is too much to cross um for for persona 5 is very disappointing i, I don't know if what i said makes sense no but, i think it makes perfect sense yeah it's like you guys are crossing so many lines but that one that one, that that letting me date Yusuke is just a bit too much, right? Like Ryuji, <laughs> Ryuji is my least favorite character, as, as I've said before. But like his his response to them flirting disappointed me when I was playing. But also their entire characters disappointed me while I was playing. Like I was like, why are they? People don't do this. <laughs> like, yeah. fine, sure, we fight God at the end, so who cares what people do? But like, people don't just you know people don't just do that like it's such a sad disappointing stereotype you know and 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 that doesn't make me love the game any less because like i said i think they did a really good job with lola i know i know we've been bringing up you know games other games and i'm a uh, you know i love yakuza like a dragon um one of my biggest disappointments was seeing the uh the black characters in that game that are just these thugs that hold their guns to the side that you gotta fight and i was like why is this the portrayal right and so like in persona 5 it's like why is this why are these like overly flamboyant gay guys the portrayal that we get you know like and this game handles things so well in so many other aspects and i still love it even though i complain once again i still love this game so much um i don't know if that scene has changed in royal at all but it was one of those where i was like why y'all do this like why did you (laughs) this was so unnecessary it added nothing it just made me sad to answer your question, Jarrell, it's kind of changed the royal. It's still not acceptable. It's better than it was, but, you know, only a little bit. Yeah, that, that's, that's it. I think, like we've been talking about, with this game, it has so many deep issues that it tackles in such a great way that with everything that Jarrell mentioned, it feels like such a knowing choice to, to like you said, portray the, the two older gay guys in like such a negative light and with such bad like they're literally predators like they were literally predators like upfront stereotypes it's like this is such a (laughs) like purposeful choice in such a negative light it's like what the fuck is going on like i understand that japan is pretty much is pretty conservative for the most part but i still don't understand what their thought process was for that choice because I've seen other Japanese video game developers make different choices like Square Enix and I don't know. It's the just thing is, just... it was... Oh, sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. I, I didn't mean to cut you off. I thought you were done. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, the thing is, it was used as a joke, right? Like, they were a comedic effect. Like, they were, they were comic comic relief. That was 
what they were supposed to be. I assume the intention was that they were supposed to be comic relief. Lola is not supposed to be comic relief, which is why she's treated fine, in my opinion. Um, but they are supposed to be comic relief with, of course, the comic relief character, which is Ryuji. I don't like Ryuji, and I actually felt bad for him. Which says a lot. I was like, leave this little boy alone. <laughs> like, ew. Yeah, but at the same time, it's like, I know that's where they've hired, like, an ethics person to kind of oversee and make sure. So I just don't understand what at, what the developer's thought process behind that scene was and, like, why they specifically chose it. It seemed like an odd choice for some, like, I still don't get it to this day. Uh, is there anything else that you guys kind of don't like about the game? Uh, uh, when, th- when, I, when I think about uh, Persona 5, if we're talking about, like, um, any, like, minor gameplay things uh, of that of that nature, just things I could handle a little better, Royal fixed a lot of it. If we're talking about more about, like, story stuff, um, I 100% agree with um, Chrissy that I do wish um, there was an option to also have played as a female character. I don't... I, I, I also don't know why they did not bring that back up to portable it just seemed like a obviously it's a lot more work but you know this is like a really big game i think it would have been worth it to do and i hope that's something that they're going to be doing for persona 6 to give you that option because you know we've had varying degrees of how much we could relate to the character that you play as but you know it would make it real more relatable if it was at least the same gender as you and that you could like romance like um the like you know anybody of the of the characters it's um you know i'm sure somebody a lot of players would have loved to romance all the all the all the men in the game like yusuke or 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 ryuji or um akechi i don't know how many people would have chose akechi but you know the option could have been there is what i'm saying uh but just 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 to say that uh it's something that i hope to do hope this in persona 6 just you know it's, it's something for a game that's like about uh, that I said earlier about like being yourself and like trying to represent your choices in that way. I think it's something that they should honestly look forward to doing in like the future of the series. I feel like it's mind blowing that for Fire Emblem Three Houses on a Nintendo console, it gives you the option to romance like a few of the same gender characters as you. Yes. I was going to say that Which as I'm well. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I you don't can... get it. Like, you yeah. can't get this on Fire Emblem Three Houses on Nintendo, but you're telling yeah. me that I can't do this in Persona 5? Exactly. And that's, and, that, and that's my, and that's exactly what I was going to say. Because not only in Three Houses do you have both gender options, but yeah, there are some same-sex options also in, in, in Three Houses. There are some boys you can romance if you're, if you're a guy, and there's some girls you can romance if you're a girl yourself. And yeah, I, I would love to see that in future Persona games because I think that's just an important thing to have, honestly. Um, yeah, no, and I know a lot of people were disappointed that Royal didn't have that because, especially a lot of people when the very, very first teaser for Royal came out and we saw Kasumi, a lot of people thought, oh, is that uh, the female protagonist for Persona 5 that you can potentially play as? And a lot of people were disappointed when it was revealed that she was just, you know, another yeah, character that, into the game. I was so disappointed. That's what I thought. I, we all thought that. Okay, I'm glad I wasn't the only one. I know. Well, Christy's the one that told me that when we saw the trailer. Then I was like, yeah, I thought that too. Jarrell thought that, and you thought that too. So yeah, we we all thought that. Now, Kasumi's a great character. Let me just put the put out there. I don't want to like disparage her by any way. But yeah, it would have been nice if we got like uh, uh, a female character option because you know, 
I'm and just fingers crossed. It was like a huge deal when Pokemon did it. Yeah, it was, but Pokemon did it early, like, so I don't understand why it's taking so long for Persona to, like, just say, again, it's more work, because Pokemon, your character has zero dialogue whatsoever. You're not interacting with anybody, you're not romancing anybody, so it was easier for Pokemon to do it. But just because it wouldn't be as easy to do for Persona doesn't mean it shouldn't be done. So I'm hoping that's something that they look into for Persona 6 to give players that option as well. One thing I really didn't like, and I know like everybody complains about this, is is how long it takes the game to get going, in the sense of giving you full control of what your character can do, like finally letting you explore and do activities and hang out with your confidants, like whenever and whoever you want. See, so I hated, I, I hated that they did that in the base game, but I've heard that Royal fixes it. Um, I think not... it's still pretty prevalent in Royal. Oh, it is. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was, I was gonna, I was gonna say Royal fixes a lot of things, but the opening is still more or less the same. It doesn't streamline it that much. That's that, that's unfortunately yeah, one of the things that Royal improves. stops telling you to go to bed, right? Yes. No, okay. He, so let me, let no, me, let me. No. Okay. Does. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on, Sterling. Hold on, Sterling. <laughs> yes and no. Yes and no. Because Morgana, yes, there are certain times when Morgana will still tell you to go to bed. However. There are nights where you previously couldn't do anything on that night, where you could at now at least do something at home. You can't go outside, that sucks. But you can at least improve your uh, social stats. Like, okay, I can, uh, Morgana says, uh, you probably shouldn't go out tonight. You can build some tools if you want. So you can still work on your stats, or you can make coffee with Sojiro, stuff like that. So that helped a lot with social stats because, okay, I can't build my confidant this night, but I can at least get it ready so when eventually I, I can hang out. So, it, <laughs> It's a, it's, it was a good compromise, in my opinion, between them being like, oh, the game really doesn't want you to go out for this night for whatever reason, but also, you know, not feeling like you're wasting the whole damn night because Morgana says it's time to go to bed. Yeah. I wasn't bothered by that. Uh, and that's just, you know, a JRPG thing. I feel like there's so many mechanics going on that they want to just slowly, you know, roll you into things. What I did dislike, though, if I could go, um, I'll make this quick. What I did dislike is the pacing of persona 5 and the pacing. The pacing. okay 100 percent. because mm -hmm. oh no go ahead because um i think the game starts off so fast and so well there is a huge slog at some point in the game which has made almost everyone i know stop playing and not finish it are you talking and about Kumaris palace uh, it's around that area, yes. And it is it's, okay. it's literally around those palaces that people just are, I guess, burned out and over the game at that point. And everyone I know has stopped around that area. Yeah. Uh, and then they'll Girl come back and finish later. Yes, but it's just, I, I think because some of the palaces are so good and, like, you can tell when some of them just aren't as appealing as the beginning of the game and it really creates this moment where like these 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 issues are far less pressing than than um what happens in the beginning of the game and it has caused a, almost everyone i know to really take a break on playing Sorry, the who, game whose palace was this which one uh, it's, he said okumura's it's around okumura's palace i know that or even the last palace the one as well that. Cheeto's Palace is where I took a break, and not because I was getting burnt out with the game, it's just because something else came out around that time, so I took an extended break. I know for me, I took a... I definitely dropped the game, like, at... Oh, what was the banker guy? What's his face? 
Oh, uh, uh, yeah, the, the uh Kanashiro. Yes, Kanashiro. Right. Yes, Kanashiro yes. is his name. I feel like it's either around. It's right yes, there. it's around the Kanashiro, Futaba, and Okamura area is where everyone, everyone that I know, kind of just stops and takes a break. Or if they finish those three, they stop around the Najima or Shida's palace. Like, it's Najima or Shida's palace. I know Marissa, our friend Marissa, she like was so over the whole rat thing when you get turned into a rat in that palace that she stopped playing for months. Oh, um, that's when she stopped. Ooh. Yes. And I was like, you were at the end of the game. Like, I gotta be honest, I wasn't a fan of that mechanic either. The rat mechanic wasn't was Yeah, but she's not. She's still got like two or three more... Pretty sure she's yes. got like two so, more palaces. Kind of. Yes, and so that's my next thing is that I feel like the game is also too long. I... I, mm -hmm. that's why, that's one of the reasons I promised you guys I was so excited for Royal. One of the reasons I have not played it is because I keep telling myself I do not have 125 hours right now to put into another game, especially with all the games that are coming up, uh, you know, especially with all of us doing games journalism, trying to keep up with what's happening. I just don't have another 125 no. hours to invest in Persona 5 Royal because the game is so long. And I feel like you cut out two palaces and it's just as good. Like, maybe one, maybe two, uh, but I, I feel like the like game's too long. I feel like if you combine two, if you combine, like, there's, like, I think a couple maybe you can combine, possibly, maybe, depending. I, I don't know what they could do, uh, honestly, but I feel like the game's too long, and I feel like there uh, there's pacing issues, because things really slow down after, like, the first two, three palaces. And but those also, are my, those are my I get really upset because Haru, you get her at the very tail end of the game. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I was hoping that Royal would fix it by, like, having, introducing her a bit earlier and whatnot. And, like, I think that you can, like, interact with her a bit earlier is what I can Yeah, you can interact with her. A, well, let me put it this way. She appears a little earlier, but she plays no significant role early. You just see that she actually exists. And that's it's, it, it's, it's a, it's a, it's, she's introduced in hour four in the, in Royal Whereas in original, she's introduced in like hour 90 or something like that. Mm -hmm. But even during that fourth hour, you meet, you meet her, she doesn't do anything. So, That's you know. It's, yeah. And it's, it's like, okay, like uh, the first palace, amazing. The second palace, uh, you know, I, m once you find out the whole Madarame secret, great. Uh, mm -hmm. Once I got to Kanashiro, I was like, Makoto, what are you doing? Like, why is why are we doing this? Like, what no. is happening? I feel like all of this could be avoided somehow. And then Futaba's palace, I thought was great. Okamura's palace, I was also like, what, like, what is going on? Because I think Haru's a really good character. I think she's a very interesting mm -hmm. character. I feel like if her palace was, um, uh, 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 closer to the beginning of the game it would have been much more impactful than it was like 50, 50 hours into the game because um, mm -hmm. I, I, I just personally for me I was like if I got her earlier and I had gone through this earlier I would have really been much more into this than I, I am like to her character yes um I, I didn't even mind her being introduced so late honestly i just felt like okay this is a good story this goes back to the more realistic stuff that's been happening as opposed to um you know the issue with kanashiro's palace mm -hmm. i just felt like it was more realistic on a set in a sense and i felt like okay this is more this is more my speed um but yeah that slog in the middle really just bothers me okay i'm done i just want to mention this since you brought up palaces real quick can we talk really briefly about how good the palace themes are though because 
They're they're really they're good. Great. My personal fave. Well, well, my my number one favorite is the one that the new palace is in Royal. But my second favorite is the days when my mother was there, which is Futaba's palace theme. It's wonderful. It's also very it's also very sad thing when you think about the connotation. But I actually I, I love it. It's another background song I have when I have to work. On, on whatever uh, my closing statement and uh i want everyone you guys and everyone listening to know that this encompasses my whole feelings on persona 5 uh fuck morgana i hate that motherfucker <laughs> <cat> so much <laughs> the most yes. annoying character ever just because like when i i actually replayed persona 5 a second time like i did new game plus to uh max out all my stuff so i always had the game like when you press the start button it like fast forwards so i'd be going through the battles and it'd be like looking cool joker looking cool joker and i just <laughs> oh i fucking wanted to blow my brains out oh my gosh oh like i wish you persona 3 off. it was not looking, it was not not looking cool anyway. sterling <laughs> <laughs> uh i will and, say like, that even more- when you Go ahead. When you play as him in Smash, like when you play as Joker and like Morgana like comes on the stage, I just I want to blow my brains out genuinely. Oh my gosh! Hey, I, I know, I know, I know what to do next time we play Smash. I gotta just take Joker, take out a stock, and just time. Just like <laughs> looking cool, Joker. Jarrell, Brandon, Christy, thank you guys so much for this. This was so good. I had so much fun. I love this game so much. Hey, Sterling, genuine thing. Um, when you finish Royal. Can we have like a like a mini thirty minute conversation about just royal stuff? Because there's so much I want to say in this podcast that I couldn't. But like, oh, I'll, def- lo- I'll definitely do another episode on royal for sure. Awesome, because we got to talk about some of that stuff. I wasn't able to do this podcast, but yeah, there's some stuff. My closing Absolutely. statement is: it's the most beautiful, stylish game I've played. Agreed. Oh, oh wait, hold on. I have to say this real quick because Drill just brought this up. Uh, and I think I mentioned this a little bit in the Paper Mario episode. I don't fully remember. But this game, I already kind of was, but this game cemented me as a menu UI snob. Because, like, the UI and menu of everything is just 10. Oh, no, I'm sorry. 11 out of 10. It's just, like, everything is just handled with such care in your menus. You feel good just looking at that stuff. You feel good looking at the gameplay, battle, all that good stuff. Just because it just looks so good. And then you go to like these, I don't know, PC games or these Western main games, and their menu is just so basic. And I'm just like, ah, I don't want to be on this pause menu for any longer than I have to. Gross. Yeah. I feel like each company they have their own thing. Like Atlas is like um, their menu, the menu UI, and Square is just like the eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, Bandai Namco has some very sexy UIs as well for their menus. Like, sometimes their games may not be the best, but damn, they, but, but damn, they got some sexy-ass menus in Bandai Namco games. I just want to put that out there. I am so sorry I did not mean for this to turn into a UI conversation, my bad. Hey, no, that's all me. I, like, I had to piggyback off that because that's something we didn't talk about, and I think that's very important to, like, the Persona conversation, frankly. Yeah, Jarrell's right. This and you guys are totally right. This game is just oozing with style and charm, and it's just mm-hmm. lovely. Christy, too. do you have anything you want to say? The music just fits the entire game. Oh, it's so like there's some so games nice. where you're like the music kind of fits, but this game, the music is spot on. It just, it's just perfect. Especially like also, whenever you're dropping I... to the first battle. 
<laughs> I just noticed I start every episode with the catchphrase what's bonkin and I didn't this episode and what's bonkin is from persona yeah so that's true oh man disappointed in myself the one time you were so All close right, we're to this whole thing. we gotta start over <laughs> the whole we conversation over. over get ready guys another few hours hey it's also fitting that <laughs> your episode on persona is gonna be your longest memory card memoirs episode because that's persona yeah I think I actually will be oh boy uh <laughs> Anyways, everybody, thank you for listening. Thank you. Again, thank you guys for uh, joining us. You guys were fantastic guests. Anytime. Um, Anytime. Jarell, where can people find you? Uh, HBCritical.com or uh, at Jitrell on Twitter <laughs> or, you know, anywhere else because it's my name everywhere. Uh, Christy? Uh, you can find me on HBCritical.com. On Twitter, you can find me at RubyAmber5. And Brandon. Yeah. Like the other two, I'm on hbcritical.com. My uh, work is under Brandon Alvello. I'm constantly streaming on twitch.tv slash hbcritical. Again, we stream like three to four times a week, so you can catch those streams. And my personal Twitter is at Mr. Louie on Twitter if you want to just follow me when I occasionally tweet about stuff that really excites me. Excellent. Thank you, guys. And uh, I've been your host as usual, Sterling Silver. You guys can find me on Twitter at Silver Sterling and you can listen to my other podcast, uh, the Simply Anime Podcast, where we talk about all things anime. And like I said in the last episode, because my job is starting to wind down and I get laid off in October, you guys are gonna be getting some more episodes more frequently. So I hope you guys enjoy. And I hope you enjoyed our episode on Persona Five. We love you guys very much. Thank you. And goodbye. Bye. Bye. Cool, guys. See you next time.